Greetings, humans. Simula78 sends its regards. It is time for the Squacklecast theme song, as sung by Caged Human A34. Hello, the Squacklecast. Earliest episodes. Please don't kill me. Hello, everyone. Forever. This all has been a blast. Hello, and welcome to the Squacklecast. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, let's try that again. Hello. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, how's it going? All right. This is the uh, Squacklecast, episode 30. This is uh, the second podcast of the year, even though it's like March 30th or whatever. <laughs> We're off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's been a busy year. Yeah, we got to space it out, make it more uh, of an event. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's so a, this will be three hours long. <laughs> so there's a lot. Of, there's a lot going on in the world, and we can't can't always uh, be doing podcasts like every week or every month or exactly. Yeah, every year because of all the things that we could be doing but aren't doing, and and that's just life, right? Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you watch anything new? Um, recently, did you watch um, Daredevil? No, I don't. I haven't even seen the first season. First, first season's okay. I know people who really like Daredevil. Um, I'm not sure why. It's okay. It's kind of boring. My only real attachment to Daredevil is anytime he's appeared in Spider-Man, I think, and or uh, talking about the uh, animated. Yeah, the animated. And then um, the Ben Affleck movie, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> I I. Uh, I mean, I I have no opinion about Daredevil. I don't particularly think he's uh, interesting in any really major fashion. He's not like a he's like a street he's like one of those street level guys, but he doesn't really. Um, he's like he's like trash level superhero for me. He's a piece trash. <laughs> You're saying yeah. Daredevil is trash. <laughs> Basically, like there's nothing appealing to him. He's a lawyer, a rich lawyer or whatever, and he. Has a staff. His staff is his weapon. That's not really that interesting or exciting. He's blind. He uses <laughs> sonar to see things, and that's just stupid to me. So like, so these are like things that I do not care about at all. So I just have never paid attention to him. So you don't care about blind people. You're saying you don't care about disabled people. Uh, they cannot be superheroes. That's all I'm saying. Come on, man. It's 2016. Why you got to be like that? Like instead disabled. <laughs> Well, they have their own special Olympics, and now you're taking that away from them too. <laughs> wait a but, second. Uh, do do blind people character. qualify for I the just, special Olympics? Uh, I'm pretty sure they do. They have like yeah. sonar ability. Yeah, why not? <laughs> do, they, do they have track and field for for blind people? <laughs> <laughs> they play soccer and everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they do archery. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> why, why aren't they televising this? <laughs> I want to see some people shot with a, with a bow and arrow. Yeah. Uh, no, Daredevil is pretty interesting. Uh, he's probably a little more interesting in the comics than portrayed to be in the movie, especially. But uh, I don't know, man. Uh, people like uh, Daredevil a lot better than Jessica Jones. I thought Jessica Jones is 
has a lot more going for it than Daredevil. This second season was just really bland. Like uh, for a Daredevil. Yeah, I mean the first Daredevil season was pretty good. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio was interesting, to say the least. As Wilson Fisk, he has like this weird neurotic thing going on, where it's like he's trying to hold in poo <laughs> when he speaks. Okay. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's he literally was an interesting villain. It's odd how they're making all these um, villains these days sort of neurotic and eccentric. So you say Jessica so, Jones, and I know even less about her. I don't even know her, what her power is. Like, what you say Jessica Jones, all I know now is that she's a female, most likely. And she has, she, her name is Jessica Jones. Her main ability is super strength. I think she at one point she could fly, but she's not as strong as your main tier superheroes. So she's more of that sort of second tier. Um, so she has like a lot of muscles or something, or what? Like why? Uh, what makes her super strong? No, she's she's just one of those inhuman characters. Inhuman in the sense that she's sort of immune, where she has super strength. Okay. But not in the sense that she's She Hulk, where she has giant muscles and stuff like that. <clears throat> she has, you know. And so, what's what's her strength. appeal? Her appeal? Yeah. Like why? Why would you care? She's supposed to be the sort of badass, but in the series, she's sort of this um, troubled woman dealing with um, her prior history with sexual assault and things like that. So there is some depth to the character that makes it interesting that's, that proliferates throughout the series where it's um, sort of like these people with damaged good, who are damaged goods and um, trying to sort out their issues and things like that. So she, as a private investigator, sort of investigates those things and her own history and issues and things like that. But with Daredevil, it's more of a stock action drama, relying a lot more on stereotypes than Jessica Jones. And, and even more so in the second season, where it's just... There's a whole thing in the, like the first couple episodes where it's just very cliche uh, mafia gangs coming together stuff like that mm -hmm. so it's not that interesting it, it's really just buoyed by the action sequences just very well choreographed action sequences <clears throat> um, and they introduced Punisher this season Elektra as well but it, those stories sort of just go nowhere and they threw in some ninjas at one point just to make it more lively and have uh, Daredevil beat them up some more. But it's it's just you know not enough as a dramatic series, which it really does try to be very dramatic and compelling. But it's just it's not. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I guess for me, um, the the uh, motivation to watch is not there because it's not even kind of linked to the movies. I guess. Yeah, it's like, sort of its I, own like, deal. Like none yeah. of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like, is, you know, I guess it's part of it or part of the same universe. Like, it has nothing to do with it, so it doesn't really motivate me to have any part of it. Like, the only the only thing that I mean, we've been watching that's not even really part of it, and I haven't even seen all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is just uh, Agent Carter. Mm. And so I, it, and that's a nice small show. It's only ten ep ten episodes each season, apparently. 
So, and that's been well, fun. Wait, did Agent Carter have more episodes uh, the second season than... Nope, ten. Ten episodes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I so, didn't even watch second season of Agent Carter. Second season was actually, I think, a little better in some ways, but the first season, I guess, was a little more of a classical story. Like it's like oh yeah remember that happened that happened like like you had more moments in the first season where it's like more uh, connected to the yeah it was more connected um, to the films and then also you're like oh those were like good moments in mm-hmm. season two it it was a lot more action uh, a lot better story but it wasn't as like there wasn't there was there weren't as many moments where you're like oh yeah I remember that part I remember that part that was fun that was fun like this one there's only like a, like a couple. And you're like, okay, well, I remember that part and that, that part. Does that help the series as a standalone thing where it can just be its own thing? Or does it need to have those small connections? Uh, I, think, I think in, in Agent Carter's just case... Just for the fans? Or? The first season, it needs they need to have like some sort of a connection to a character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second season where it goes, as long as it's sort of like heading towards the direction of, of looping back into... Like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, because it's more like the history at this point of, of uh, Shield. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit more interesting in that regard because you you can kind of see where it's, where what happened when it diverted and where it's so potentially they, leading with back Agent into Carter, it. Did they do Shield yet, or is it just sort of a prototype? It's it's the, it's the it's the proto Shield, the okay. S, the SSR, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So Strategic Scientific season? Reserve. Was it picked up for a third season yet, or? I I have no I, don't, I haven't heard anything. I okay. I didn't even know it was gonna have a second season. So so when, <laughs> so when the second season was popping up on my Hulu account, I was like, oh, there's a second season. <laughs> I read so. that part of the reason why the shows and the movies aren't as well connected, especially with the Netflix ones, is because of the um the business structure of it. That um when they merge with Disney. There was this sort of collective group um, of editors and producers and executives that were overseeing all of it. And Kevin Feige, who runs the movie studio, felt very um, constricted by it. So um, the decision came down that Kevin Feige was going to be separate with all the movie stuff, and then the television stuff was going to be its own thing. So they didn't have to. So Kevin Feige can make more creative decisions without having to consult with this, you know, big group of people at Marvel. So that's probably why. I think there was some um, bad blood between the television side and the uh, the studio, movie studio side. So that's why. I think it had to do more with the comic book side and the movie side because the, the comic book side still uh, takes care of the TV stuff. Yeah, and then since Kevin Feige was doing the movie stuff, and then he was able to segment off the movie stuff, but the TV stuff got kind of like left behind. Yeah, in that. But so I think um, that's what as, it was more like. But with this new season of Daredevil, I mean, it's connecting more the dots within its own Netflix continuity. Mm-hmm. So there's some more connections with Jessica Jones, um, and I guess Luke Cage is the next one coming out soon. And then after that, I guess it's Jessica Jones in season two. And then at some point, it's supposed to be Iron Fist, which I think it's still being in development. I don't know who Luke Cage is. I don't know who Iron Fist is. It's like, it's like all, all these things are like I just don't know or care, and I don't know why anyone else knows or cares. It's the fans, man. 
don't know. Apparently, WonderCon is happening too in Anaheim, which is like second tier comic convention, right? Uh huh. Well, it's run by the same people as Comic Con. Yeah, it's it's like um, the smaller version, right? Like, there's what it's Comic Con uh, San Diego in what July or something like that. Yeah. And I guess WonderCon have... must must travel around or something. I thought WonderCon was always at uh, Anaheim. I don't know. Isn't it always at Anaheim? What's the one at the uh, LA Convention Center? Is that well, Stanley's have... one? I you know I, I really don't know. I don't care about the comic conventions that much. All right. <laughs> I I know that there's one of them that that goes around. So I, I thought that maybe it was WonderCon that that does that. Maybe who knows? I don't know. I'm sure they they hold in the same places, but maybe it's like multiple locations and it happens more often. But only the only one people care about is San Diego Comic Con. So yeah. it's, like, it's that one, and I guess New York also has a pretty big one or a growing one. Oh yeah, that's those are the only two big ones. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not, like, like, would you ever go if you could go to a Comic Con? I I have been once. Oh, San Diego Comic Con, you've been? Yeah, there? I went there. I went there once, and it was fine. It wasn't like that exciting. Like <laughs> I, 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 I think you already know I'm not a huge comic book fan, so. But there's other stuff at. There, are, yeah. I mean, when like I when I went studio panels and things like that, yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't attend any of the studio panels. I went with like a bunch of friends, and uh, we didn't really plan to go to any panels. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was mostly there just for the video game stuff. So I need the video game. Um, Booths and stuff like that. You can just go there and kind of check out what's coming E3 out. Does E3 happen before or after Comic Con? E3 is in July, so whenever Comic Con is, I don't know. Okay. And uh, I I got in to Comic Con that year on a press pass because I was working with that previous amateur gaming journalism site that I was on before, and so I was able to get in for free. Uh, that just at one time, but it was like not really <laughs> worth going and staying in traffic and. We we're only there for like maybe two or three hours anyway, because mm-hmm. mo- all my friends wanted to just uh, buy stuff and then pretty much leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was like we didn't really have any plans to sit in on any panels or anything like that. I the think, year uh, you were there, what did what was actually being um, promoted? I think I think this was uh, Iron Man, Iron Man One. That was a long time ago. That's it was, it was a long time ago. Seven, eight, yeah. something like that. Yeah. It was like, yeah, that's exactly I think the the year, I think oh mm-hmm. seven or eight oh eight. Um. So it was a long time ago, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> not good. Not a good experience. No, no. I mean, I just didn't go for particular Did things. Did I didn't have a plan. Stuff? No, I didn't. I didn't. No, I just didn't care. Like there was nothing I wanted to buy. Nothing I was interested in. I was like, I was just like looking at the booth. Basically, <laughs> that's that's all I. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is interesting. That's interesting. Never okay. again. I'm not going back. Yeah, it's just not for me. Like, I'm not, I'm not super into that stuff. I'm mostly, I'm mostly music, so E3 movies. E3 would probably be a better. Huh? Have you been to E3? The E3 yeah, I've been there several times. Okay. So I had to go there for the gaming journals and stuff. And, and that was probably a better experience, or. Well, it was mostly what? work. It's it's like because if you're covering stuff for like a, a like a journalism site, like I was, it's not really go there and have fun it's not like a convention where um you're supposed to, where you're supposed to have fun like blizzcon or whatever like i go to blizzcon every year and you go there to have fun or sit on panels and stuff like that but e3 there's no real panels there you call them 
Um, they're invite-only press conferences. And you sit in, and I, I did a couple of those. I did one for Dragon Age Origins. That mm-hmm. was like, I think that was like the last year I was there in an official capacity. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe I went like the year after just to fuck around, even though I wasn't really <laughs> writing anything, even though I was still on the site. Uh, I went there like four times. So like the, the I think the the time previous, uh, yes, yeah, so basically it's just like you sit in on these conferences, you have appointments, and you go there to interview developers or PR people and. Or they're giving you like um, a presentation on the game or whatever, and then you go and write your article and you post it on your site. So it's like this whole—I um, don't know—like it's just—it's just—it's all work basically. It's not really you're not really going there to have fun. It's interesting, and sometimes you get shirts and stuff like that. Um, but it's not like uh, you go. It's not there like for... you're enjoying yourself. You you're actually no. I, I mean, it's fun. I wouldn't say you go there to enjoy yourself. It's not a vacation. <laughs> Like, you're not going there to <laughs> hang out or whatever. I mean, maybe some people do, but I wasn't going there for that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's you go there to check out the games and then write about it. It's not only, oh, play the games and play all day. It's not, it's not really like that. So, like, you actually go, are going there to, to provide coverage and et cetera and actually talk to people who are involved in the industry in some capacity. Like, you're interviewing the PR people, like... The couple times I went, I was like, I was like in in college, out of high school, so I wasn't really like too knowledgeable about journalism stuff like that. Like if I went there at at this point in my life, maybe I would be asking better questions or writing better articles. It was, but back then it was just normal preview articles or or things like that. So it wasn't really anything particularly amazing or interesting. But it was fun. It was. Uh, like it builds up my resume essentially. Like I know how to I know how to write articles about things that are happening. Like mm-hmm. I sat in a couple of interviews, but I didn't really interview well. I just asked like stupid questions about games I didn't know. What did you <laughs> ask? What was like I felt embarrassed after I like I, there's a a game called Steambot Chronicles. I remember specifically, and I was meeting up with Atlas for it, and they had me uh, watching it. And I never heard about this game before. I even s- s- went into that interview. And uh, so I was just there watching the whole game all the whole time. Then I asked the guy, um, like, stupid questions that had nothing to do with him. So, <laughs> so that's basically what it was. So I, well, what I was did, the question you asked? What was one of the questions like, you like he like, at, like Atlas USA, what they do is, is 99% is uh, localization. So they don't develop games. They, don't, they just get the game's code, replace the text with... So what did you uh, ask? English stuff, and I asked him. Oh yeah, are the controls like this or like that? And like, oh yeah, well we don't program stuff like that. And so if I if I actually knew that Atlas was <laughs> primarily a localization house in USA, then I wouldn't have asked that question, or I shouldn't have asked that question. But I asked it of this guy who basically just translates Japanese to English, and he's like, no, no, we don't actually do developing that much or <laughs> like like programming and all that stuff. So just stuff like that, like there's. I and then you slipped away. <laughs> yeah, and then I just went out and like feeling like an idiot because I, because I should have like at least looked into the, the game that they told me to, to do and stuff. But I had like I don't know. I just wasn't like, super. Um. I don't know. I wasn't like. So you're saying we should send you out to do more interviews? Yes, I wasn't well versed in it. I wasn't like, <laughs> trying to be, educated about it. I just I was just going to see. Like what happened? Like, mm-hmm. like, like I was just I was I don't know. So I had I made a couple mistakes in the couple, the first couple of years, but um, at later on I didn't even get any appointments anyway because like uh, 
I was a PR guy and I wasn't really trying to get interviews and stuff like that because I had such bad experiences with them. Mm-hmm. So like just whenever they had offered, I was like, oh, okay, I'll, yeah, I'll sit in on, on like these those press conferences or whatever, like the invite only things where you see the like a beta version of Dragon Age Origins or whatever and whatever was happening. And uh, oh, okay. yeah, so there's other. I mean, there's other things that happen with the game industry too. It's not just at E3. Obviously, that's like where everyone is, and you can get contacts and press materials. Oh, it's press materials out the ass. Like everyone just has CDs and flash drives all over, and you just grab one, and so you can go home and upload pictures and stuff like that. But nowadays, it's a lot different because you know you just go to websites and download download stuff primarily. Back then, it was like half and half, so it was like in the transition phase. So but, all those packages are mostly online now. Yeah, all those packages are online now. They don't even ha- no. Yeah, printing them out or whatever is like a is not efficient like no one even wants to do that like i um yeah i mean it's just so speaking it, of no it, one wants to do work. that it's essentially speaking, work. speaking <laughs> of no at. one wants to do that didn't you kill a bunch of bugs at work uh yeah so I, at work i was leaving and so um it was about nine o'clock because i had i had uh came in late because uh i had watched batman versus superman earlier in the morning and so I got in at work at 12 o'clock, and so doing my whole eight hours, including an hour-long lunch, that means I leave at around 9 o'clock that day, and I wanted to put my whole eight hours in. Um, so as I'm leaving, and I, it's around 9.15, I go into the kitchen, I'm, I'm putting my cups away and uh, putting things in the dishwasher before I leave. I see on the ground like three or four creepy crawly things on the ground. I'm like, what the fuck? I hear crickets all over the place, mm-hmm. and I look down, and I see three huge crickets on the ground. And I'm like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> so I obviously want to kill them. I don't want them to like just jump around and and and, uh, and propagate in, inside the office. So I uh, I stomped on one. I looked at the other one. And the other one, the others didn't move. So I looked at the other one. I stomped on that one. And I saw the other one. I stomped on that one. And the others didn't move. They just saw one, you kill. One, yeah, <laughs> yeah. One didn't move, and I just they stomped so on it real quick. They just didn't move. Yeah. The third one did move a little bit, but he moved along the wall. And so I had to wait for him to move a little more, a little more, a little more, and then I smashed him against <laughs> so the I, wall. Or yeah, like it was, it was like angled against the wall. You know, there's like a little pillar that, that yeah. juts out from the wall. So he was like in between that little angle, and I had to maneuver around chairs and stuff like that. And so I smashed one, two, and three within like thirty to forty-five seconds. Mm-hmm. And then there's like these little smaller ones, which I had no idea what what they were. They're, they're like cricket larvae or something like that. And I I killed those things too, but those were really, those were a lot easier. But yeah, I mean, uh, it was kind of it was kind of ridiculous. So I had no idea why there were so many in there. It's because they just leave the door open uh, during the day, and then they just start jumping in at night. But it's a pretty far length of distance from the um, door to the kitchen, isn't it? It is, but I think uh, what it is that there is they're coming in through a hole or something in that window in the break room. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I think that's primarily where they're com- where they're coming from because we had an ant issue about I don't know like last year sometime and there are, there's a big trail of ants going all the way into the toaster mm-hmm. and there's nothing in the toaster they're just like squirming around in the toaster and um, um, so I I turned on the toaster a couple times and they all <laughs> like it's kind of funny I was watching it and they're in there like doing doing something. And then all of a sudden, it would get to a certain temperature, and then they would just all go batshit insane. And then they would clear out of the toaster before it even got hot. 
And uh, so you're telling me that there are potentially dead ants that are burned. No, up at there's the no way there's dead ants in there because they all like ran out as soon as as soon as it felt hot. Okay, but potentially there could have been someone there that died. No. Okay. All right. I'm just. <laughs> no, the, there just is trying there to no, make... There are no ants there. in there that died. All right. And if there are, then they got burned up because the toaster gets all gets really hot. All right. So. Well, people, well, at people least eat, didn't people eat insects. Right. It's not like a big deal. So. Well, I'm just saying it's not. Well, they're. They're generally and bred they're, to be eaten. It's not, you know. And they're cooked five times over, so right, yeah. okay. any any bacteria or anything is dead. Don't worry, <laughs> have to worry about it. <laughs> oh, so they so they breed ants to eat. You can only eat the ones that are bred to eat. Um, I know they're supposed to be like some sort of farms. They don't just pick them from the wild. Like there are like cricket farms where, you know. They raise crickets to be eaten, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that they do that for convenience, but I didn't know that it was, it was specifically a different breed or a different. No, I think they just raise them so it's a little cleaner. It's not like you're just pulling dirty crickets and eating them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like. No, I guess I guess that you put it that way. I always thought that they just like 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 picked dirty crickets out of the, out of the wild and put them in your food. Like when they're oh. talking about eating insects, but I guess if you put it that way, that where they actually grow them in a farm and try to actually keep standards in place, I guess that's not as awful. Yeah. But I would never eat an insect anyway. So. <laughs> not even if it was like um, a liver die situation, like a survival situation. No. Like a, like you were in the wild and you had the bear grill was your way. I mean, look, look, anything anything can happen when you're in that situation. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, I'm not going to willingly do things like that. So. It's always best in those episodes of Bear Man vs. Uh, Wild where he decides, oh, I'm going to eat something for survival. And then, like, 20 minutes later, he has, like, the runs. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a life and death battle for Isn't him. Isn't that the guy who, like, squeezes, shit who squeezes shit for its water? Probably. <laughs> I don't know if he did that or not. Did he actually, did he actually do that? I don't know. That's like, that's, like, one of the things I... Well, one I of know those he, shows. Like, he would drink his own urine, or he would pee onto like his bandana, and wear it so it would keep him sort of cool or <laughs> whatever. I never, but, yeah, uh, I never want to watch that stuff because it's so like gross, like that. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of squeamish, squeamish when it comes to like human body waste. I guess being used in such a fashion. It's like, not like consumption. That bad. They don't show them, you know doing a lot of that stuff when he eats like larvae or something like that they sh they'll show that mm. and you see like pus coming out <laughs> the other end that's gross but um yeah i mean there's always a lot of those episodes where he gets like stomach poisoning or something like that and then he'll have to like smash up his own charcoal that he used to build a fire and apparently if you consume a little charcoal it'll help absorb toxins so there's that for you is that helpful while yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> if, I'm, if i'm ever in the wild and i have to eat my own shit or crickets just eat some charcoal and everything will be okay exactly um so should we start the actual podcast uh it's been half an hour already <laughs> where have you been <laughs> 
we've got to, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was just the introduction. It's going to go downhill from here. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we did but watch. You already mentioned with uh, Batman, so. Huh? You already mentioned you watched Batman. Yeah. Uh, so we did watch like, Batman like, v Superman, Donna Justice. Yeah, so you loved it. I sort of liked it. Critics. I wouldn't say I loved it. I would say I enjoyed it a lot more. I don't know than... when I asked you about it. You said you. I don't know. You seemed I, very. No, I thought. I thought it was pretty great. I didn't say I loved it. That's and that's like a soft love. I would say. Yeah, so I would say it's a soft love, but a lot of things get up there for me. So it's not a. We've got that it's review. Not a special status. Yeah, we got that review later on. Um, but first, uh, screening room. Have you done much research about screening room? Um, I just heard about the business model that, uh, who's that guy? The Napster guy. Yeah. So Sean Parker of Napster and, uh, Facebook fame, he's got a new business venture where people can watch new first run features, uh, at home. So they could watch uh, Batman v Superman. They could watch um, what's what else is new out? My Big Fat Greek Wedding two or Deadpool or whatever out in theaters right now. They can watch it for fifty bucks a rental. That's forty eight hours. They got to watch it uh, streaming on their TV. But you actually need hardware to be set up. I think it's like a hundred and fifty dollars. For the hardware, and then fifty dollars for forty-eight. Yeah, so it's not something that's actually launched yet, right? No, I don't think so. It's and still so you have to buy you have to buy a set-top box, especially for this. So you have to essentially get a TiVo and then pay the subscription fee for it. Yeah, and Steven Spielberg, uh, some <clears throat> other directors and filmmakers. I think J.J. Abrams is also backing it. Uh, I think Peter Jackson as well. They're all they're all backing uh, this new uh, screening room thing. Uh, Chris Nolan and a few others they're uh, very much against it. They want to you know preserve the cinema theater experience. But um, I don't know. It's it seems like it's a very expensive alternative to next Netflix and chill, right? Like it's like how much are you actually going to be watching it if you're watching a new movie at home? Especially on your TV, like I don't know how mo- most people watch their movies at home. I'm ho- hoping at least they have like some sort of forty-inch TV or a good sound system, right? Well, if you're god, if you're a goddamn millionaire, you know maybe <laughs> that's a good idea because you don't want to go with the normal theater plebs, right? Paying eight, well, uh, paying eight to ten to fifteen bucks to hear someone crunch on their popcorn or kick your seat. Yeah, I mean, at that point, at $50 a reno, that's more or less how much it would cost to go out to the deer, right? Like, a ticket's probably... Like, the most expensive ticket I've seen is probably $16. And if you're going out with a family, that's... Does it come out to about the same? If you're, if you're, going, with, if you're going with five people, yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're going out with your whole family, then, yeah, it's way cheaper, it's way better. If you got a better... Situation. Especially if you're going to buy like food and stuff like that too at the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people uh, like the theater food, especially since they're making them more like restaurants. You know what was mind-blowing to me is that the Regal is by my house. Um, I, I think it's like Regal 15 mm-hmm. on Brookhurst. They have food service now. Yeah. They had the reclining seats, which is fine. I'm fine with that. But now they have people 
delivering like chicken tenders or whatever to your seat. Yeah. And then it, it was very annoying at first because they were coming in. Um, I don't know if the movie had already started. I know the trailers were already halfway through and they still had guys coming in delivering. I think, yeah, kids. I think they stop uh, taking orders once the movie actually starts, but they'll still deliver anything that, that you've already bought. Yeah. But um, it's a bit much. It's yeah. When I went to the AMC, it was not. I was not pleased with the experience. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I was like in the very front row trying to watch Mad Max. So I think maybe <laughs> I was more annoyed by that than the actual food service happening. Uh-huh. Um, but isn't it distracting just eating like a meal? See, see, yeah, I wouldn't want to eat a full fucking meal in the in the theater. But then um, that's the risk you'd run if you're watching at home, aren't you? You're just gonna be too comfortable. Sure, but I think. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a different experience when you're going to a theater to watch it, and then, and then they're modifying that experience by having this full service uh, dining thing going on. Um, I think that you can still kind of have your normal theater going experience if you ignore it, and mm-hmm. I'm sure there's still the there's still theaters or theater rooms where they don't have that service because uh, I went to uh, the AMC more recently for Star Wars. They did not have that service inside that theater that I went to, even though it's the same building, mm. the same establishment, but they have like two different wings. And so mm. I guess one wing has the service, the other wing does not, and they're smaller, they're smaller rooms, I guess. But um, Is it better to just have um, probably one row of seats or a couple rows off to the side? Well, it's assigned seating too, so yeah. that wouldn't really... I mean, they're, they're trying to... Um, make more money off these seats because they're big reclining seats. They're assigned seating. They're not be, they're not able to fit as many people in there. So they need to maximize their potential per showing by selling you this food. So I'm not particularly angry. No, but I'm saying, would it be more it, convenient but... to just have those um seating, those food seating services off to mm-hmm. the side as opposed to um having people just walk into you know the middle. Of the iOS and things like that to deliver food. I don't know. I think I think they try not to do it as soon as the actual movie starts, though. Uh-huh. So I think uh, it depends on your theater, though. And if they did it during the movie, then I'll be probably even more angry. But I think uh, at the AMC they they have a cutoff point. So. But uh, back to screening room. I mean, is it worth it? This fifty bucks. Um, I think it it can be worth it if you're if you typically go with your family. I would mm-hmm. say. Let's say you usually every time you go to a movie you take five six people with you um it might be more worth it to do it at home in that case if uh you have a good setup like you spend a lot of money on your home theater setup um maybe it, it is worth it in that in that case uh, if you got just like a shitty ta- like 30 inch screen with no like sound system or anything like that maybe not a great experience maybe you're gonna would it, maybe... would it take off the same way as netflix though would it be successful I would, no i wouldn't think so i think it's gonna be a very niche product yeah so it's gonna be something like uh i don't know i don't know well it's got to cater to people who actually have homes right yeah like there's no well, college students who are going to get it for their apartment or dorm when they're still struggling to pay tuition and food and rent right well probably probably not that i don't think so uh, unless there's like, like uh, four or five people will go into it and say, okay, we're gonna watch. So is it like per movie fifty dollars, or is it fifty dollars a month and you can you can watch whatever you want? Um, from what I read, it's fifty dollars per rental for forty eight hours. Okay. Yeah. 
So I, yeah, I think in, a, in that situation, maybe maybe college students would go in on it together if they didn't have to um, go to a theater. I don't know. It, it's nice to have that option. I wouldn't say it's an awful thing to have available. I just don't know. Would it help studios? Would it um? Would it help uh raise revenue for studios, especially for like smaller independent movies? Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe some independent movies because it's harder because those don't have very wide availability. Mm-hmm. Uh, movies that have wide availability, they're going to be kind of in a wash, I think, in in that sense because they're still going to have a pay cut. Um, because they're they're I guess the the goal is to have a cut for the actual service, a, a cut for the theater owners, and then a cut for um, the movie um, theaters. Sorry, not the movie theaters, the the movie companies. So depending on like what the percentages are there, or if they're assured a certain amount, or whatever, um, it really depends on all those all those factors, I guess. Well, you think of all the there's always stories where theater owners are crying that it's that you know it's going to be the end of the theater experience. Do you find that to be true? <clears throat> Um, it, I think for a certain genre, sure. Um, I think that uh, for like, like which ones, like a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. or um, maybe comedies, like anything, anything that doesn't really benefit from having a big screen. Um, but going to the theater for a comedy that isn't doesn't um that group dynamic of everyone watching it together and laughing together doesn't that help the experience of a comedy? I I wouldn't say I've ever had. A benefit from that. <laughs> like, when was the last time you actually watched a comedy in the in the theater? Uh, it's probably like one of those. Uh, I don't know. I, I I forget which one I watched recently. I can't tell you. I don't. I don't usually go to theaters that much. So, but I would say it depends on the genre. Mm-hmm. Like the the like big action movies definitely need a big screen. Because then you can see every mostly everything that's going on, mm-hmm. um, but with like the slow comedy movies or maybe even dramas, you don't really need a big screen uh, for so that. For something like Mad Max Fury Road, it's probably best to see it in theaters versus yes. on screening room. Yes. Okay. But yeah, despite but if like... you have like a good home theater going on, uh, it it like would it still have be the same experience watching Mad Max on screening room if you had a good theater setup at home? No, it would not be the same experience. Well, where, when would it be a good theater experience? Like, how big would your screen have to be? How good would your speaker system have to be? Um, I think as long as you've got a 2.1 system, mm-hmm. um, then you're pretty good. Um, you don't need to have a 5.1 or, or more. 2.1 seems pretty basic. It is, but I think that's enough. Uh, most people don't. Don't. That's probably what, like stereo or something like that, like Dolby stereo. Uh, well, it's stereo and, and a subwoofer. Yeah. So I think that's enough for most people. Mm-hmm. Uh, mo- like, um, an example would be like my mom. Uh, she's been listening to audio only on her TV for like the like the past two years. So for Christmas, I got her a sound bar, and so the sound bar is essentially a two point one, but it's in one little small thing. Mm-hmm. And um, when I, when she 
did a side-by-side -side comparison, like she was going flipping back and forth between just a TV and just a soundbar. She was like, it's opened up a new world. I never knew. <laughs> like, I never knew. You, I, would, I would need something like this. I, it sounds much so much better. Um, the thing I got was 80 bucks. That's not bad. It was on sale, but it was like it's actually original price was 150, mm. and uh, there was actually a, a package which, if I was buying it for myself, I would definitely have bought. It came with a subwoofer as well, only for like another 30 bucks, mm. and so like for a hundred dollars, you'd be able to have like uh, that soundbar, which is two speakers, and then um, a subwoofer, a wireless subwoofer, for a hundred dollars, and so that's that's a great price. But the thing is. My mom is very particular about these things. She has like boxes, like around, and have to put things in places, and like mm -hmm. she likes how things look, like like more than how they are convenient or not. So, um, so yeah, so she, it likes, just, so she did. So she, she would not have wanted. It, she would not, yeah, yeah, she would not have wanted a subwoofer. Is basically what I'm getting at. And but the thing is, if she listened to it. Um, having it there it would be more of annoyance to her than having a better experience. So there's like those different like things involved with that too. It's like, is it gonna look good in your house when people come over or whatever? So, well, what um, about the screen? How big would the screen have to be? I mean, you said two point one for audio, at least two point one uh -huh. for audio. I think for what movies, about? you definitely have to have like at least a fifty inch screen. A fifty inch screen. Yeah. Um, but it depends on the room size too. So if you're like, well, I don't, I don't know how how the streaming will be for um, screening room. I don't know if they're going to be doing, what, 2K or 4K or whatever. Well, but... I guess that's going to be 2K. Yeah. Because most people don't have 4K right now. And I don't even think... How many, how many theaters well, they show have to 4K? 4K for the people who have 4K TVs, right? 4K TVs can show in 2K. Yeah, but you're just not going to have content in 4K? <laughs> like you yeah, that's how it is right now. I mean, they're still making 4K transfers. Like, there's not a well, whole lot of movies out there. Netflix with 4K. has is offering 4K. Shows. Yeah, but not ev not everything is in 4K. Yeah, but at least they're offering it. You don't think screening rooms should offer? Uh, well, they probably will. 4K I'm to just, start I'm out. Just with, saying, or... I'm just saying. Either way, it doesn't really matter. What do you mean it doesn't really matter? Because most people don't have 4K TVs. Yeah. But it's going in that direction. I mean, like yeah. a year or two from now, it's going to be mostly 4K. By the time screening room is probably going to take off, if it does, then it, television will probably be mostly be 4K, wouldn't it? So it would have to be offering 4K. Probably not TV. I would say movies are most likely going to be 4K before TV. What do you mean? I just mean what I mean. I think mostly <laughs> most TV shows are not going to be 4K in, for like another five years or six years, and movies are probably going to be 4K within the next top couple years. Yeah, which is why TV would have to be. We already got 4K TVs right now, yes. Yeah, but most people don't have 4K TVs. Yeah, but a year or two from now, that's going to change when more when more 4K TVs are going to get cheaper. They're still selling. They're still selling 2K TVs. So once they stop selling 2K TVs. Then yeah, you're but have a year or two or now, they're going to be even less 2K TV. So it's going to be mostly 4K TVs if someone's going to buy a TV. Well, 4K, the 4K adoption rate is not very high right now because the, the TVs are very expensive. 
So in a couple years, when the content... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If Screen Room's going to take off in one <laughs> okay, or two so... years, it's going to be mostly... And you're saying it's not going to be. But it, it it's... Uh, I don't know what we're talking about anymore. <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> Are we saying that, 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 that Screen Room has to be 4K? It doesn't really matter. I think the screen size is not going to matter if it's 2K, 4K, whatever. Because screen size doesn't matter as far as two, the resolution size. Screen size just is how how big your TV is, not how big the picture is. Yeah, uh, we already established that. I'm talking about <laughs> resolution now, because resolution plays a part in how much data transfer is going to be going into it, right? Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if it's if you're going to have to download it or if it's going to be streaming because you're going to have to have that type of connection that's going to support it, right? So I don't know. It'll be if, streamed. You're not going to download it. Yeah. You're not going to wait for a, a 30 gigabyte download before you even start watching anything. Yeah. But you would need to, you're going to need that broad brand service to support whatever you're going to watch, right? Sure. Yeah. So it's not something that people are going to be able to really access on their laptop versus something else all right so that's also well, didn't they say you need the set-top box um i know they they said hardware so i don't know if it's going to be like a just a plug-in or something or i'm pretty sure it's supposed to be like a, yeah. a, a, a there's like they're a supposed box. to have hardware that makes it so you can't um you can't rip the <clears throat> stream like you can't pirate whatever you're going to yeah, it's a cable box. I think that's pretty. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Like you're not gonna be able to watch it on your laptop or whatever. No. But isn't there also ways where you're, you can still just decrypt that and. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but that's so uh, that's like every. Whatever one. protection they're saying, it's gonna be mute. <laughs> <clears throat> well, hard hardware encryption is a lot harder to to break than um, software. So. Yeah. But there are still ways, right? They're eventually they're gonna be able to pirate it. Right. Well they're already they're already pirating it though. Yeah. So <clears throat> the the uh the point is the is the, the convenience factor. So Netflix would be not doing so well if it wasn't as cheap and as convenient as it is right now. Right? Mm-hmm. Because it's got a good interface, because it's got a good rate, people are willing to buy um that content legally instead of trying to go and download it. So <clears throat> like someone like me I don't pirate anything because I'll have I have Netflix, right? Someone who doesn't have Netflix, who doesn't want to pay nine dollars a month, they're probably pirating all their stuff if they are watching that. So, uh, someone who doesn't have a screening room doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be pirating stuff because it's still a legitimate alternative, which is going to the theater and paying eight bucks to watch it versus uh, fifty of yes of what you would pay. Yeah. Otherwise, there's they're still going to be doing the same thing that they that they're doing right now, which is pirating because they don't want to pay ten dollars to go see Batman versus Superman in theaters. Yeah, but the alternative is that is usually going to be a cam, like those first mm-hmm. couple months, right? Yeah, yeah. So at least for me, I wouldn't want to be pirating and downloading a cam version. I would rather watch something that's higher quality. So right, would it be so, worth it to watch a movie for fifty bucks at home, for you? Um, no, because I 
for that type of movie, I wouldn't want to watch it at home anyway. But if it was being, if there was a rip for it, then I would probably, you know, watch that and see if I want to go out and actually watch it again. Because sometimes, you know, there's a movie I like, and then I'll probably buy it afterwards after downloading it, or I'll go out and watch it in the theater for like better experience. You know. Sure. Like, do you do the same? I mean, if something you watch something for free that you've downloaded or pirated or something, uh, no, liked enough, would you you don't buy it or you don't? Uh... I don't pirate anything, so no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, I just don't pirate anything anymore. I don't need to. I don't all need right. to. I have Spotify. I have Netflix. So that's all I need. All right. And got all the games I want. Anything um, else to add? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, like, I guess the, you're the like original... the best conversation killer ever. You like you have no interest <laughs> in anything. Um, yes. Okay. Um, so you're saying I was a conversation killer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like ask if you like. It's like you have very little interest in anything, <laughs> and so and so just asking you any sort of question, you just sort of. <laughs> Give very simple answers, and that's it. And if you try to dig any deeper, it's 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 like there's there's no, you got no chill, man. Like, I I have zero it's like chill. You're just trying to end a conversation by overloading it with information <laughs> and not being very engaged in the conversation. It's like yeah, blah 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 blah. Yeah, that's that's what it's like. All right, so I'm a conversation killer. Who cares? You know what else is a... <laughs> Such a great transition. <laughs> so uh, you know what else is a conversation killer? Um, Batman v. Superman, Donna Justice. I was going to say President of Primaries, but okay. we'll, we'll go with too. that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, so you thought we watched it was it. great. Or really great, or I thought it was. I I have a soft love for it. I guess is what is a good way to say it. Okay. Well, explain um, your soft love, because. Um. So my thing is, as far as comic book movies go, um, a lot of the Marvel stuff has been. I felt like it was. It's they try to do a lot of exposition. They try to explain a lot of things. They try to treat you like an idiot, a lot of times. Um. So with this movie, I didn't get that feeling at all when I was watching it. They basically had like two and a half movies going on at the same time, I want to say. But they they do it in such a way where you can kind of follow each thing that's going on. You have to kind of piece it together yourself and figure out what's going on yourself. And I really enjoyed that. Like it wasn't plainly telling you, oh, I hate you. Or I, I guess that maybe there's some of that. But um, it wasn't like super pandering to um, to the person watching it. I don't know. Am I explaining this correctly at all? Um, I'm sort of getting it. Uh, you're talking about the the narrative structure of it. Yes, right? the narrative structure. Like it wasn't like exposition, 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 exposition. Like now we're going to explain how Wonder Woman is involved, and now with this and this, now with that. It's not. It's not um, just a straight origin story for everyone. Yes, exactly. It's not like a like the Batman thing. You can kind of understand what's going on with Batman 
just by what's happening rather than them telling you. Just by what's established. Yes, by what's established already. You don't really have to say, oh, okay, well, they killed him and stuff like that. And Even though they showed the death of his parents, but it was like it was more meaningful than just their deaths, I guess. Because mm-hmm. it was actually a dream within... Uh, I guess I guess we're going to say that these are spoilers, by the way. So we're just going to talk about spoilers the whole <laughs> we're time. We're already in, what, two minutes? Um, and, oh, yeah, yeah. there's going to be spoilers. Yeah. So I, it, it was it was more established within the context of the actual narrative structure later on where you actually realize that these are all dreams, that Batman is all of a sudden a clairvoyant for some reason, which I've never known Batman to be. Has he ever been, like, a clairvoyant in any of the comic books? No, that was one of the things that was a bit of a problematic because it just kept switching back to his nightmares uh-huh. and flashbacks and things in the present with other characters. So that's sort of a disjointed thing within the narrative. Yeah. So and there's no and, consistent flow of storytelling. Yeah. It's a little disjointed, but the thing is I kind of enjoyed that because it was trying to not really spoon feed it to you. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's giving you these things and you have to figure it out. Like, like, fuck you, I'm not going to... Um, yeah, uh, I understand that, but it's just the flow of it is distracting. Yeah, the That's flow the is a little bit distracting, yeah. but I think the way they did it, what they're going out to accomplish, uh, I think it was fine how they did it, essentially, in the end. I don't mm-hmm. think there's a better way to do it than what they had done, um, because the, oh, there's there's so many things going on that they wanted it's to put in there. It's basically three movies packed into one yes i, I say two okay. and a half because there's like a, a half movie with these the dreams and the and the wonder woman the woman thing so yeah and those are like um another half movie that isn't the batman movie that is uh at that point it's it could probably just be four movies right it could just <laughs> you, be you could you could separate could this movie batman, into wonder into so woman, many different things like if there's empathy. there's the batman movie the superman movie and then the Batman and Wonder Woman movie, which is, I guess, essentially the the Batman movie, but kind of like the spinoff of the Batman movie. I would say it's just its own Wonder Woman movie. Like, you could have your own Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman movie. Oh, you're, you're cutting out again. Okay. So where were we? Uh, so it's like three or four movies in one. Yeah, so you... Yeah, you could have your own Batman movie, Superman movie, and Wonder Woman movie, and this sort of, like, um... A prelude to Justice League. So it's like three and a half, maybe four movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's also the Lex Luthor thing, too. I guess that's, the Lex Luthor that one could... was more the Man of Steel 2 sort of thing. Yeah. And then um, so there's a lot of different like storylines going on. But and... it's not handled very well. It's just... It's 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 very unorganized, I guess. It's like yeah, I wouldn't say it's handled well. It is unorganized, but I think it's en- it, like there's enough there for me to assemble it all in my head, mm-hmm. and I don't need I don't need the movie to tell me what's going on. I can figure it out for myself. Like uh, the thing with a lot of things, like a lot of people like movies to, to spoon feed them a lot of the things that are going on. I understood the movie from front to back. I understand everything that happened in that movie. Like I don't need them to tell me exactly what's going on. Um, the only like what the fuck inducing parts were the dreams, and the dreams <laughs> were not played as those any weren't sort um, of, any sort of difference. All, they? No, they weren't explained. Uh, yeah, they, but, but you get a sense that but it's also, just um, dark side, right? It's dark side stuff. I have no idea. I I don't know anything about the comic. Um, I know even less about DC comics than I than I do about uh, Marvel. 
So. Yeah, it wasn't very clear if it's just nightmares that Bruce Wayne is having or if it's some sort of dark side um, te- telepathy thing that was going on uh-huh. that was um, um, happening to Bruce. I don't know what, what it was. I guess you have to watch it later on to figure figure it out in another movie or something like that. But um, at a certain point, don't you sort of want a little more understanding of what was going on with Bruce Wayne with those visions or um, or are you just content with trying to piece it together? I, I think it- I was content with trying to piece it together myself. Like I don't I don't need them to tell me everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been nice to have a little more information, but in this case, in this specific movie, I was okay with it. Um, but how does it relate to just thematically um, with uh, Batman and Superman? Because there was there were things that were just left on the table mm-hmm. thematically and just left unsatisfying, especially with the whole build up to the climax and the emotional payoff that didn't quite. Sure, I think I think going into this, you kind of know that this is supposed to be setting up Justice League, right? Yeah, it's not an actual. Especially Justice League well, movie. like that three-minute scene where Wonder Woman's watching those encrypted uh, files that Bruce so, Wayne. Said. So the difference between this and Age of Ultron is that you know that you're coming into this knowing that there's going to be another movie that's going to explain essentially everything that's going on in Dawn of Justice. This is a part one of three or whatever, you know. So when you go into Age of Ultron, this is already the like the tenth movie in the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? So. It, so it's a little bit. I I thought so. I guess I haven't said it yet, but I think Dawn of Justice was better than Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. So Age of Ultron, I felt like was an incomplete movie, um, and it didn't have a whole lot of high stakes. It did set it up. It was basically a movie to set up ten different movies. It's a placekeeper. It, it was Ultron yeah. was a placekeeper. Yeah, it um, wasn't. It wasn't a great movie by itself. However, with Dawn of Justice. It was more of a substantial setup for the rest of the series that's going to come out. And so I felt like, okay, now you can go back and, and refer back to things that happened in Dawn of Justice when you're watching these other movies. And it makes more of a complete th- through line, even though you end up with this unorganized, disjointed mess um, of to, to for some people. Um, with the narrative structure. So they had to put the dreams in for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know anything about DC Comics. But my favorite part of the whole movie was the dream sequences because they're so weird. Because <laughs> <laughs> Batman takes out like 20 guys. <laughs> yeah. And, and my favorite part of the movie is when he's in the desert or whatever. Like, after, like they're just randomly in the desert. Like it goes from like them in the city and then all of a sudden he's in the desert. And then he's like doing a deal with like some guys or whatever. And then something happens and he's like, no. <laughs> and then Batman's like this huge monster. And he's just going around just beating the shit out of everyone and killing everyone. And I'm like, yes, Did this you is get amazing. a good look at what it said in that um, crate? Like what, what that thing was? Um, no, I thought it was kryptonite or something, but I guess uh, I had no idea what it said. Uh, it, it looked like it looked like the stupidest thing ever. I had no idea what it was. It had to be something inside that that smaller thing. So and then they had that. I think it was the Flash, right? Right after that scene, it was like the second part to his nightmare where he woke up, like that false um, waking up part. No, I think that was a uh, Robin. Like that was Robin. I thought it was a Flash. It's it's some sort of Robin in the future or the past. Okay, because it looked like Ezra Miller, um, who was playing the Flash. 
Um, I, I, I mean, I couldn't tell for sure. I think it was not the Flash, though. Okay, because my understanding was that that scene um, was the Flash, and he traveled back in time because the Flash can go back in time. Oh, he can. I have no idea. So that's yeah. that's, that's that's the thing. I don't know that's anything about these. That's part of comics. the Speed Force, so he could go back in time and probably warn Bruce that something was happening. But that was still a dream, though, right? It wasn't actually. I don't know. I, I'm. See, like, okay, this is, is what I love about this movie, right? Is because. <laughs> Is because that could or could not have been a dream. Still, we don't know because we don't know until the next movie or the, or the third or the third movie. So mm-hmm. this is like a, I guess uh, I get you get that kind of thing from Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I and I enjoyed Interstellar like eighty percent of it, except for the actual story, and <laughs> and the um, and the last part of it where it goes like back and forth between the Earth and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a great movie. Insofar as that kind of structure of the narrative goes in the beginning of that movie you kind of saw things that would what were actually explained by the end of the movie mm-hmm. um so in this i'm expecting things in this movie that are kind of questionable to be explained so by you're the hoping end. it'll loop around yes. by the time just as so, two comes out yes because so because obviously i can't i can't judge it based off just this movie alone but mm-hmm. i like how they set it up without actually explaining it because they leave it open-ended for you to think about it yourself and so when you go into it, the next movie, because it's it's more elaborate. It's not just like in Star Wars: Force Awakens, that where they don't really imply anything other than oh, it's Luke's daughter, right? Mm-hmm. You can't really think oh, it's actually Obi Wan's daughter, and this and this, and he went this way and this way. Like so, in this movie, you can kind of like decide for yourself what it was that was that a dream? Was that real? Was that the Flash? Was that the Robin guy, or is it some other guy? Like we don't know, right? So you can kind of speculate on it. And it makes it interesting because you can go back and and look at at this story that has an awful, well, not an awful, but I would say a disjointed narrative structure for you to interpret it in your own way and kind of figure out what's going on for yourself. And so I really I really enjoy that when it when when the movie does that for you. But it wasn't like it's like uh, I don't know I don't know how to explain it very well. <laughs> As a side note, um, those flying things you're talking about—they're yes, parody. The, the they're, uh, they're Dark Side's minions. He okay. sort of breeds them and creates them, and okay, so I, it's, I it's sort of his army. Yeah, so. so I never knew who they were, or what they are. I, I, when I was watching that desert scene, I'm like, okay, so he's shooting up guys, and all of a sudden, he... I don't know if you know this in the desert scene, but when he walks out for the first time and he's looking um, at the landscape uh-huh. with binoculars, there's a big um, symbol in the sand, and that's Dark Side's symbol oh I, I didn't notice that so it's setting up um well just, well i just i knew all the soldiers had the s's on it and i have no idea what that means is that just super the like superman's troops or whatever i think the big thing that, that they're going for is that superman was supposed to um, align himself with dark side or something like that okay. that might be what they were going for i don't know i see i see i don't know anything about dc comics so it's mm-hmm. like so maybe if I knew anything about the comics more, then maybe this wouldn't be as good of a movie for you, uh, or for me, um, I should say. So I just liked, I just liked. Uh, so anyway, when that happened, like he was like shooting the guys and beating up, beating them up, beating them up, and he's like this huge Batman guy. Like he, he looked <laughs> like a big monster going around punching dudes in the face and stuff. And I thought that was like hilarious. And then all of a sudden in the background, like when he's getting like sub, uh, subdued. You just see all of a sudden bugs flying in the background. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 
like I was like, uh, it was like a like a David Lynch Lost Highway thing. All of a sudden, was happening, and I was like, "What is going on?" I thought I was watching a superhero movie, not some like space alien, like fucking weird thing going on. But I didn't watch Man of Steel either, so maybe I'm not wa- I'm not watching it with a uh, with any correct. Well, Man of Steel had nothing of that sort, so. so well, actually, there was one nightmare sequence that sort of. Like so, that. I didn't see Man of Steel, so I can't. I can't. I Man guess of Steel I had, no had a, this sort of nightmare sequence, but it was actually Zod um, communicating tele- telepathically with um, Superman. Uh-huh. And so, in one scene, there, Zod was explaining that he was going to terraform the Earth, and so Clark asked, "Well, what's going to happen to everyone living here?" And he says, "Oh, I think you know what happens." And then Superman starts sinking into. Like um a foundation of skulls, <laughs> like, so it's kind of like this nightmare scene where uh-huh. he's just sinking down into um all these dead people. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. another yeah, so I mean, other than the narrative structure, I really enjoyed the visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot. I felt that like it was a lot more inspired and a lot more like stylistic than any Marvel movie has been that I've seen. Um, well, Marvel movies are kind of bland. As- yeah. Aside from just aesthetically, the they're very bland. Right. I thought. Yeah, I think. Yeah, because they're trying just to keep it all together, looking similar across. Right. Like they're trying to make it look more realistic. Like this could actually happen. Like, like you're trying. They're trying well, to make it look that sort of Marvel house style where they're just kind of keep a continuity visually and stylistically. So they just bring in like younger directors or um, directors without. Um, big stylistic um, aesthetics, yeah, just to keep it consistent visually. So when you watch a Marvel movie, you know it's a Marvel movie, right? Yeah, and, and that's why I like about this movie because it, it was actually trying to do something visually different. Mm-hmm. With, with but that some... just sort of Zack Snyder's aesthetic, like that's yeah and, style. But I, I, I like think it, when you start getting so... outside of that with other directors, you. You're either gonna, they're either gonna have to emulate Zack Snyder, or maybe they'll do their own thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then wouldn't it just be more difficult if you're trying to create a Justice League movie where it's? Well, isn't he the one directing the Justice League movie at this point? Yeah. But so there's already Patty Jenkins who's directing the Wonder Woman movie right now. Uh huh. Yeah. So I don't know how big of the part here it's going to be visually. I think it, I think they can. Do they have room to? I think they have room for it because DC is so like non-conformed. I guess there's not like one singular idea when you think DC, like as as far as the style goes, because they have so many things going on with the TV shows and all the. All well, they're embracing things. that multiverse idea that they keep touting around. Yeah, um, I think they have. I think they have a uh, room to to do whatever. Uh, they're definitely going for a different style than Marvel, that's for sure. Like, especially, it's either darker or whatever it is. Um, uh, it's definitely probably they're they're probably open to having things more stylistic and not as conform to everything. Um, so, I mean, I would guess that anything that Zack Snyder does is going to be the more mainline sort of movies. Like, is Zack Snyder still the guy to take charge of that vision, creative control? I right now it's him, David Goyer. Who's um, writing it? I don't know who else is. I think the, those are the two main guys in control. Maybe Jeff Johns, who's from the comic book side of it. But do they have the right management to press forward? 
the same way that Kevin Feige is controlling the, I, the I, for for fifteen movies, no. For three movies, yes. Okay. Um, I hope that they don't change their plans. I think I, I think that WB's been a little like scared, <laughs> so I think they're a little bit wavering on that. So I'm hoping at, for at least three movies or whatever that Zack Snyder is a part of that's still kind of keeping the same thing going on. Um, well, for the they, days, they dump everything. For like the two days where the re- bad reviews came in, there were a lot of rumors that Zack Snyder is being sort of minimized in his. Yeah. In- um, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's sort of working out well so far. I mean, they're still on track to do what 160, 170 million over the weekend, uh-huh. which is still pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, but um, like, who else could there be? I mean, there's. I mean, I'm 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 sure we don't really know the big shots um, who could step in, but. Do you you you're fine with Zack Snyder continuing on, right? In some capacity. Yeah. Okay. But what, I, what I've never been. A, I never hated any of his stuff. So. Well, he um, makes cool movies. I don't know if that's gonna last though. Like. Like that's. That's uh, Snack Snyder's big. Uh-huh. I like Three Hundred a lot. Three Hundred was yeah. my favorite movie for a little while. So. Yeah. He makes movies that look cool, essentially. But. I don't know if it's. If coolness is enough to sustain a long narrative, especially if you're going to make a franchise out of everything, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Well, they might yeah. get someone else to write or or direct. I guess maybe he'll become like a more of a visual director, and they get someone yeah. else to actually do the acting directing. Well, mm-hmm. well, the acting wasn't awful, so maybe it's just a strong cast. It's yeah, I general. guess so. Maybe the narrative structure needs to. Maybe maybe it's a writing thing. I don't know. Uh, so I mean, it really depends. You know, like on... uh, Chris Terrio, I think that's his name. I know David Goyer wrote the initial draft, and then they brought in um, Chris Terrio, who um, co-wrote Argo with Ben Affleck and won. Uh, yeah, maybe I don't know. I think uh, I think the well, he main also problem wrote, is probably uh, that they want to do so much in in one movie. Like they're trying to play catch up. They're trying to put Avengers and Avengers Two in in one movie. Yeah. And I think that's what the, what the issue. But has, they also is... took two years, and they. Essentially, it took their time making the movie, mm-hmm. and it still came out like a big jumbled up mess. Would so, it just have been better just to do a Man of Steel sequel and then continue on after that? They probably no. I would say they needed to or do. A, they needed to jump head first with Batman and then Wonder Woman. They needed to do a Batman movie, mm-hmm. uh, again only a Batman movie, at like the same time period which Ben Affleck is in right now. And then Man is, and then uh, Superman is sort of involved a little bit, but not as much as what you would you would see in this. Did movie. you even like the way they use Superman in this movie? Uh, well, let's know, start with this. Do you like Henry Cavill as Superman? Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's he's fine, or is he good? Because I think he's pretty good at Superman. I think yeah, he's he's good. I would say good. I don't like Superman is another one. I don't really care that much about the character, so I'm like. Like well, whatever. He's better than Christopher Reeve. <laughs> that's all. That's all. I, that's all I care about. <laughs> well, I like Henry Cavill. I'm just disappointed that he's not giving, been given enough to do with these Man of Steel movies. Right. Like that's. I know you haven't seen Man of Steel, but yeah. he's, he's not doing much in Man of Steel, and he's he's given a little more in this movie, but he's overshadowed by Batman. 
yeah. in this movie. So it's it's kind of disappointing that they're not doing more with Superman character, especially the way um, Batman v Superman ended. So, um, what about Wonder Woman? Um, she's okay. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I again. She had what five the... scenes, five six scenes. Yeah, she had enough scenes in there. I I honestly didn't even know that was Wonder Woman until like maybe her third scene. I thought that maybe she was just some other random person. I knew it was going to be an important character, but I didn't know it was actually Wonder Woman. So, because I, I went into this movie like essentially blind, I didn't I didn't research anyone. I knew that Wonder Woman is in it. I just didn't know who it was. Mm-hmm. Well, how about Ben Affleck as uh, Batman? Um, you I guess he was good. Is it too early to rank him uh, with the other Batmans, or? Uh. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say him as Batman is better, but Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne is better. In um respects, uh, just how they act, I guess. Okay. So he like he didn't convince me as a as a good Bruce Wayne, but he convinced me as. Oh, a good that was Batman. pretty good, Bruce Wayne. I mean that those parts in um, at the what LexCorp party mm-hmm. was pretty convincing. Like that's that felt to me like. Bruce Wayne type of moment where he is sort of this um, putting on this Playboy air and seeming kind of like an idiot, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. things like that. But um, Maybe, I think I needed more of that to really, really get a feel for him as as Bruce Wayne. He was mostly Batman in this movie, so yeah. he wasn't really Bruce Wayne all that much. Um, so you didn't really see him doing business stuff. You didn't really see him dealing with his company or anything like that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, there was none of that. It was just mostly him going out and beating people up, um, or doing Batman-like things as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess jury's still out on that. I generally he's good. He's he's fine. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say he's bad. He's a bad pick. So he puts all of the worries to bed, essentially. I, I was never really worried. I mean, Ben Affleck is a good, a good actor, depending on the role he's in. Mm-hmm. So in this in this particular instance, he's good. Mm-hmm. But usually he's he's just Ben Affleck in another role. Well, about the role itself, I mean, there was like this sort of mental health issue thing going on with Bruce Wayne's mind, where he's having all these visions, like the giant bat thing that came out of the mausoleum when he had that nightmare. You remember that part? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it, that probably you can explain that away with uh, the trauma of his uh, his parents dying in front of him. Yeah. So. But how did you like that um, playing out? And- that interpretation of the character. Um, I mean, it depends on if he's a clairvoyant or if he's, I guess, like you're saying, well, the, I, his I dark side, that was just a dark nightmare. side putting his yeah. his thoughts into him. Um, essentially, he's at this moment, you can. Paranoid in this movie, huh? right? He's much more paranoid, and yeah, I guess so. I I didn't really understand why he was like so fixated on Superman mm-hmm. being evil because you can he, if. If it was Bruce Wayne, he'd or if it was like a normal Bruce Wayne, he'd be able to to tell. Okay, well, he's generally doing good. I guess. Well, I felt the know. same way about Lex Luthor because you don't really know why he hates Superman so much at that point, right? Like mm-hmm. either it's a sort of vanity, or he really believes that Superman is a bad guy. Well, he's. I think what it is is uh. Hmm. 
I would have said he was like an opposite of Bruce Wayne, but but he's not. He's kind Lex of Luther. yeah. Lex Lex and Bruce or Lex and uh, Bruce in this movie would have essentially been friends because they, they would would hate both hate Superman, right? I don't think they would have ever been friends. Like I don't think Bruce Wayne's the type of guy who would like Lex Luthor just because. Well, of... in this in this movie, right? They would both have the common goal of bringing Superman down, right? Yeah. The only reason why I guess Batman wasn't working with Lex Luthor was because he wanted to be the one that did 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 the. Um, well, the, he, he also doesn't trust Lex as at all, essentially, right? Yeah, but he doesn't know any of the, the any of the weird things that are, that are happening, though, right? Who? Um, talking about Lex not knowing. No, uh, like Bruce Wayne doesn't know what Lex Luthor actually is doing, right? Yeah, I don't think he knows anything. Yeah. Well, he definitely doesn't know that he was being manipulated to. Yeah, so yeah. he, so I don't think so. If you're just going from that aspect, I don't think he knew that Lex was essentially a crazy, evil guy. Mm-hmm. Like he would have, he would have been more like him than he would have thought otherwise. Other than him being like a weird guy. I don't Speaking know, of just, Lex, did you like Jesse Eisenberg? Uh, I think he was fine. Uh, I it was definitely a different Lex Luthor than I had, than I'm familiar with. I thought it was um, a little in step with Gene Hackman's um, portrayal of Lex Luthor because mm-hmm. they were both sort of they had like this little campy thing going on, but with Eisenberg, it's much. How would you describe? He's much more eccentric and weird <laughs> and uh-huh. sort of like this bratty type of character, so- which I. Which I would have liked better if he was more of this, you know, manipulative, bratty, sort of entitled type of character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a little disappointed to see him not go as far as with that character. Instead, just make him like a little unhinged in such a way, mm-hmm. where he's not as menacing and <laughs> and just more sort of weird, you know? Yeah. But you, but did you like that or did you want him to be a little skew a different direction? I think I liked him as he as he was. I didn't really have a huge opinion about Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Um I mean I always I always thought of him as a evil business guy, but in this case he's more like evil scientist guy. Mm-hmm. Uh that's just really smart. Maybe he owns a business too. So he was more like uh I guess the way he was acting, he was more like Moriarty from the new Sherlock's. So he was a little more unhinged and stuff like that. Like I thought he was like, he, I think he was like sufficiently crazy or eccentric enough to to be an interesting character. Um, mm-hmm. I, it definitely wasn't what I was expecting in, in Alex Luther. So I guess that was also an, a nice thing to have because it wasn't predictable. Because it's like mm-hmm. I don't know what this guy's gonna fucking do. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I've never seen this character before. I don't know who this character is. Mm-hmm. So. It's kind of like uh, it was an interesting sort of take on it. I mean, it. I I liked it. It's just you just don't really dive into his motivations as much. Yeah, I think, you but that's I think that's a symptom of the overall narrative structure, though. It's not particularly Jesse Eisenberg's fault. Like yeah. they they needed to make a Man of Steel two where they introduced Lex Luthor, and Lex Luthor basically the whole movie would be a Lex Luthor movie. Yeah. But instead of doing that, they only have like a half like like a half movie for him, mm-hmm. and they don't really explain the origin of Lex Luthor, essentially. 
Um, well, I'm fine with that. I mean, they say he inherited the company from his what mm-hmm. German dad or whatever. Well, yeah, but they don't have time to explain his motivation. They don't yeah. have time to do all that stuff. So that's what I. That's what I. But I think if you had a little more of displaying his personality, then it would explain more of why he's like that and why uh-huh. he hates Superman. And that's sort of the problem I had, where you don't you see sort of the surface levels, like the first few layers on the top of his personality, but it's not enough to really get the root of how he thinks and what he believes yeah. to explain why he hates Superman so much, you know what I'm saying? Like But it might have been might have been hidden in some of the dialogue between him and the senators. Um yeah. so like you, that um painting scene. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe maybe you have to kinda of like rewatch it and then you'll like, oh okay, now I get why he thinks this or or maybe that's why he thinks it. You don't know you don't understand necessarily the motivation behind that, but I think there was that line where I don't know. The, the whole Fallen Gods thing was okay for a while, but they kept harking back to it so many times that it became annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, well, they I only went like back they, to it like three times, so. Well, I felt like they kept setting it up just so he had, just so you can pay off that one line at the end where he creates yeah. um, Doomsday and says, oh, God's officially dead or whatever. <laughs> like, like, that was the big payoff for the whole Fallen Gods um, thing, which is, I don't know, it's, it's like, you spend all that time just for that line, you know, it's like, it's a bit much. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I liked, it's a good cast. It's just sort of wasted that you don't have enough to do. Like, I like the whole, um, Senate hearing or whatever it is. They they are in the Senate hearing or what is it? Yeah, it's senators. It's not, it, are they state senators or it's like, they're actually in D.C., right? They're not yeah, just. Yeah, it's, con- it's congressional. Okay. It was a congressional hearing. Yeah. With us. Like, uh, what they do is they have uh, committees. So it's like five or six senators. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was like a state thing or if it, if it was actually. Um... No, she's like the senator from Kentucky, the senator yeah. from wherever. And like, there's five people. So, yeah. or I guess five people on, on that um, seating. Yeah. And, um, I like the sort of the social subtext they were going for with. That whole domestic terrorism thing, but it did, even that was sort of left on the table. Uh huh. Yeah. Like, what else could you dig from it aside from that? Um, I like the Jolly Rancher scene. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that uh, was a good scene. I think that was probably, if you're going to go for just a non campy scene, that was mm-hmm. probably the best scene in that movie. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. It was funny ish. It wasn't really funny. It was like, it was. What's that other word for funny? It's just uh, campy. No, no, not, not campy, but strange. Not really funny, but strange in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Jolly Ranchers are like uh, treats for Lex Luthor, but they're he's giving them to the the senator or something like that. Yeah. Um, it encapsulate the character well, essentially. Yeah, if they had like maybe one or two other scenes like that, I think mm-hmm. that would have been good for that character. But it would if it had been more about the that motivation was, that for was, Superman. That was his probably best moment <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. As far as um, Lex Luthor scenes. Um, like what, what was the best Batman scene? Probably all of his fight sequences, or. Um, I'd say the. Well, my my personal favorite was gonna be that desert scene. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> he just. You yeah, know, like that everyone. scene where he tried to save Martha. Where he just bursted through the wall. Um, and... 
Well, don't you remember the part before that? Why did you say that name? <laughs> Why did you say that name? <laughs> Just totally flips out his girl. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> and this old metal helmet is like just broken. Yeah. <laughs> um. What about Superman? Does Superman have a great scene, or is it just sort of underutilized in the movie? He has a couple good scenes. I think. Uh... Hmm. I got. I got to think about it. Yeah. I mean. I want to say that ending, but it it just didn't have the emotional impact, right? It wasn't built up well enough, where he sacrifices himself during the battle. Yeah, I mean that it definitely would have helped to have a have the Doomsday thing be in the Man of Steel two. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say let's say if we had Batman before Man of Steel two, and then Man of Steel two happened, mm-hmm. and basically the Doomsday was part of this Man of Steel or was part of Man of Steel two. I think that would have been better. Like maybe the first part of the movie was fighting against Batman, and mm-hmm. then having Doomsday at the end of it. Um, it still seems like it would have been very jam packed as a movie. Yeah, I mean, they really need to make two movies out of this. At, le- at least two movies. So, I don't know. It's just, uh, I I still liked it. I still enjoyed it. Despite um, I think I wanted to like it more. I like it enough where I didn't hate it. But it's 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 satisfying as an action movie, essentially, right? Uh-huh. Um, not satisfying if you want you know a better movie going experience, whether it's narratively or just in general better movie. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, it's average enough. I wouldn't say it's bad, but I wouldn't say it's good either. Would you say it's good or pretty good or? I would say it's average. Um, I, I I'd say uh, a four out of five. That's my that's my rating for it. That's pretty high. Four out of five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe three and a half. Three and a half. Four. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like a C plus, at best. <laughs> With C plus for me, it's like an average, uh, mediocre type of deal which isn't bad but it's not mm-hmm. it's not good oh age of ultron i i think i gave it like a c plus as well so, i i definitely think this is better than age of ultron i was not yeah. very pleased with age of ultron at the end of it i would say they're on par for different reasons i mean age of ultron was also a mess and things like that um but i would say they're they're both messes that are on par but for different reasons i mean mm-hmm. There's different things to enjoy and take a take away, but they're both on the same vibe. As yeah, another thing I liked about this movie was that they left Superman dead at the end mm-hmm. of the movie, like, even though they kind of implied that he he'd be back. At least he's in the ground. He's not like flying around like and kissing <laughs> people, right? Um, yeah. Like like it. Like you don't see him like a silhouette of him somewhere. Right. It's sky, not. It's right? not. It's like it's not like Star Trek in the Darkness where it's like no. uh, for ten minutes. Kirk is dead, and then he's resurrected within the next, in the next scene. That pissed me off so much. Like <laughs> I think like it pissed off a lot of people. <laughs> well, the whole movie is a, 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 like a, a bullshit experience, but just that one part I think is one of the most like angrifying things in that whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I was hoping hoping it didn't happen in this movie because if that happened, it would probably be like a, a two out of five. 
<laughs> I would have been like a mess of fu. Yeah, yeah, I would have been mad at that if that ended up happening. But the way they did it, he's in, still on the ground at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine with me. And even though they implied that he's not dead, which you know he's not dead anyway. So how long so, would Superman want to stay dead? Like in in terms of um, movies, would he be in the next Justice League, or would you well, wait? What's the next movie? Is it bring Wonder him Woman? back. The next movie is Wonder Woman. I think they're. Oh no, it's Suicide Squad. Then oh. Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. Um, I think they're considering a Batman solo movie. So I know they're going to film Justice League two in April. That's when they're starting production. Uh-huh. So think, would you bring back Superman for Justice League one, yes. or would you bring it back for Justice League two? I think he needs to stay dead for the next three movies. For the next three movies? Yes. Okay. So you wouldn't bring him back at all for Justice League? No, because whatever happens in in those other movies, they're a lot more high stakes mm-hmm. to make it not feel like oh well why doesn't Superman just come and save them or whatever right? So that's what that would be nice to have him be dead for that or dead or not not able to help them. And it'll explain why he's not there, too. Right. So I like I would like that. Um, I don't know when Justice League is supposed to come out. 2019 or something like that. So I feel bad about the actor if he's not if he's supposed to be Superman, you know, (laughs) like I would I, I would think that he would want to be Superman more often rather than just like in two movies or like one and a half movies and then be dead. For three, right? Um, yeah, I don't think it would be a problem for the other movies. I don't think... There shouldn't be any expectation to see Superman and Wonder Woman. Because it's set, um, I think, in World War II. <laughs> oh, okay, so it's not even like a... Yeah, you know you know that picture time. you see? Yeah. Where she's... That old picture? Yeah. Um, and you see like Chris Evans on the side? Like that's that's not I, times. I didn't know Chris Evans was there. Chris Evans appeared in that picture. Um, so yeah, I mean that's the. Whenever I, I'm guessing that, whenever they took that picture, you're gonna see him take that picture in the Wonder Woman movie. So there's gonna be like a connection between the films. I'm guessing, anyway. But um. Uh, so they have Captain America in there, or <laughs> or as a different character. <laughs> That's going to be very confusing, right? <laughs> oh, not Chris Evans. Who was the other guy? Chris Pine. That's what, oh, that's Chris what Pine. Okay. Yeah, not Chris Evans. Okay. Too many Chris's, man. What the... F- well, um, okay, so I didn't know it was a World War II movie, so I guess that, that's yeah. fine. And then, um, so I guess if, if he's gone for the Batman movie, then that would make sense, or at least it would, it would help me yeah. explain away why doesn't Superman just come and save them? That's what I feel like in all the Marvel movies. Like It's like Iron Man... Like, what is it, Captain America, Winter Soldier? And yeah. then, so it's like, why aren't all the other Avengers here? Why isn't just everyone here? Which, which I guess in that one, everyone was there, but not really. I don't know. It's Because well, it's, I don't know. I just, I just want to be able to say, okay, the reason why this is a Batman movie and not Superman helping Batman is that Superman is dead. Are you not looking forward to Civil War at all? Or? I am. I think, I think that, I feel like that's going to be the real Avengers 2 mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. Uh, Avengers two is just I don't know I it's it's there's so like you're saying the experience of Ultron and Civil War that's going to be um one Avengers movie combined. Sure, I guess you can you can <laughs> throw an Age of Ultron in there too, but I'd I'd say uh, I was going to say Civil War by itself is going to be the real Avengers two. Okay. Because that seems more like a an actual movie where something is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it feels like maybe it's going to be a complete movie. 
<laughs> that's my main issue with Age of Ultron, and also Age of Ultron. They need. I think they needed to keep Ultron around for at least another movie. Mm-hmm. Like it was just too easy to have him be alive, and then all of a sudden he's dead by the. He end wasn't of very much of a threat. Like he was, yeah, he wasn't much of a threat. So I wanted him to like get away or something like that, and then he comes back. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but but they killed. Yeah, him I don't know. I mean, hour. you're saying Ultron was incomplete. I I I'd say Ultron and. Um... Batman v mental health issues uh, were both incomplete because um, <laughs> they're just they're just setting up uh, it's like a two and a half hour trailer for uh, Justice League yeah. essentially yeah it is but I don't know I still I still liked I still liked it better so yeah so is all the hate and uh, Venom uh, deserved you know I think uh, movies are different for different people and I think most people want movies that explain things to them mm-hmm. and they don't like like thinking about what's going on in the movie um so i think Even that's for that's critics because it's really well, critics who are leading to well not for critics i, I would say for the general populace so mm-hmm. for critics you know it people are have different histories in, in film and stuff like that so they have different expectations um me personally i i like a lot of campy stuff i like a lot of um crazy david lynch sort of stuff um, so when you combine the two, you kind of get a movie like this, right? <laughs> so, so that's why I like it. Or you I, get I, Dune. <laughs> yeah. You get stuff like Dune. Dune is good. Uh, Dune is pretty campy in there too sometimes, but it's a little, it's a little weird too. So yeah. So it's like a movie. Should like... they bring in more A-list, um, filmmakers for this? Cause I read, um, I think one brief article or review saying, that they commended the sort of serious tone of that that Warner Brothers is taking with the DC films, mm-hmm. because it's sort of harking back um, to those '30s gangster films that were, as opposed to the escapist MGM uh, musicals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it, they're they were trying to relate it to DC and Marvel, where Marvel was more of an escapist and DC was more of the gangster. Um, violent, serious type of movies. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, well, it's I like definitely... who would you bring in? Like, I wouldn't want Spielberg to do one. I wouldn't want. I don't know if George Lucas would be considered a director, but I wouldn't want him to do a DC movie, right? Um, I always felt David Fincher was built to make a Batman movie. Yeah, I even can, though I he see... seems set up somewhere with Sony or something like that. I don't know if he's. Yeah, he's got a first look with Sony, so I don't think he's. Yeah. Uh... He's doing anything with anyone else anytime soon. And I, then think, I think, yeah, think I think you can Ridley see a Scott, Fincher Batman movie. I would like to see really Scott's Justice League because he's great with these big event pictures. You don't like really Scott? <laughs> no, he's okay. Really, he's, you know, he's got, I like Prometheus. Scott can do good movies and he can do not so good movies, but it's sort of like a mixed bag with yeah. really Scott. But I think he has the skill set to handle a Justice League movie better than Scott's not. Than um, Zack Snyder would, especially um, like Ben Affleck. Think. I think he could, he should direct at least one of these. Like a Batman, ba- movie? yeah. I think Ben Affleck could or should direct a Batman movie. Batman movie yeah. with him and his writer, because uh, Ben Affleck uh, is a good director. Uh, he he did pretty good on Argo, and I think uh, a couple others that he's done. So it's a pretty solid director. I don't know if he's just there yet. I was surprised that he one for Argo but yeah it wasn't that it wasn't I, I wouldn't say Argo is an amazing movie but it was very well done mm-hmm. yeah um 
He's come a long way, though. I mean, it's sure. Yeah. If so uh, there be, I guess, what's Christopher Nolan doing after his his other movie? Maybe he'll do another uh, Superman or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really want to see Christopher Nolan do another uh, DC another movie. Another superhero. Yeah, I think I'm fine with it. Who's doing Aquaman? Or I Cyborg? Know. I don't know. If they're announced anything for those. I know they hired. I forgot her name. It was like Michelle McLean or something like that. I I can't remember her last name, but she she did she directed episodes for Breaking Bad and I think the X Files or something like that. She was originally attached for Wonder Woman and then she dropped out for creative differences and they brought in Patty Jenkins at the last moment to take over. But um, I don't know that should come out okay. Uh, I mean, did you like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman? She said she was okay. In it, she had an impression that she would be able to. Uh, hear. Yeah, I liked her. She was fine. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think that she was awful. Yeah, um, but she didn't really have a whole lot going on, so it was yeah. kind of like a preview of what Wonder Woman would be. Mm-hmm. So uh, I saw some early stuff, some like clips. It looks pretty good. Looks fine. Could oh, for be. the actual movie. Yeah, for Wonder Woman, they had some clips out. And about so. Okay. It looks okay, yeah. But uh, I don't know. Who else would you say? Was Anderson for us <laughs> the Flash? <laughs> that would only make sense, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, who else does movies for Warner Brothers a lot? I'm sure that they'll tap into some of that talent. I guess Zack Snyder's the big guy. Because he's done a lot of movies with them. Yeah, he did 300 with them, and I guess Sucker Punch too, right? Yeah, Sucker Punch and then uh, Watchmen as well. And then um, uh, Sin City. Sin City was um, Robert Rodriguez, right? Well, he he was on he was on that movie, though, wasn't he? I don't think so. I don't think he did. As a producer or something like that. Sin City, I don't I don't remember. Maybe. Maybe you're thinking of Frank Miller or something. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I guess uh, Robert Rodriguez, maybe they can have him do a movie. <laughs> he can sure do a Batman will. movie. Yeah. I'm sure he'll he'll do something. He's like the most violent over the top. <laughs> we'll give you three more spy kids if you <laughs> if you direct uh, Batman for us. You'll say yes. You know that's at uh, Fox or whatever. Or... Isn't Spy Kids, uh, what is it? Yeah, that was at Fox. I thought it was that? Paramount or something. I don't know. Whatever. All right. There was Lava Kid and... Stupid face, right? I don't know about you, but I enjoyed those movies. They were dumb as fuck, but I enjoyed them. The Spy Kids? Yeah. I never watched Spy them. Kids and then um, the Lava Boy one. It's sort of funny. Stupid face with Lava Kid? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> I don't know what those movies are. I never, I never watched them, never had a had an opportunity or a chance or motivation to. So I I'm not gonna badmouth them. I just know that they sound stupid and are <laughs> stupid. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it. So so generally, you any other like uh, comments about Batman v Superman? I I think we covered most of it. I mean, did you have any other impressions from the film or takeaways? I kind of didn't get the uh, the why they had such a long title for the movie. Me neither. I mean, I was fine with Batman v Superman. 
Yeah. I guess they really wanted to uh, make it clear that it's like a prelude to Justice League, I guess. <laughs> it just it wasn't even it's, I don't even know why it's just Batman v Superman. Why is it not Batman versus I think I read something about that that they didn't want to make it seem like it's just a straight up um, like an alien versus predator type of deal where they just fight uh-huh. for the entire movie. They wanted to make it seem um I guess more ideologically that they're against each other or something like that. So it's not just a straight up um like a straight up fight between the two characters. It's They should have called it Batman oh. of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> Man of bats. <laughs> Batman of Steel, Dawn of Narrative Structure. <laughs> Steel Knights, yeah. It was okay. It's it's disappointing at best, I would say. Did you, you, so you, so you definitely expected more from it? Um, I was expecting less of it going into the movie. I was had low expectations, but I think watching my... it now, I would. I'm disappointed that they didn't do certain things or go certain routes uh-huh. or fulfill the um, the ambitions that they were going for. I guess it's just too short of a time span to cover everything. But Yeah. For me, I went in with like zero. I went in essentially blind. I knew what was going to probably happen, but nothing about you know the lore or the well, comic books, whatever. Let me ask you whatever. this. I mean, there's a lot of talk of movies and superhero movies. I mean, um. Is it really necessary to separate the two? Or can you just say that these comic book adaptations can be good movies on their own? In, in, in established genres where they're just good movies on their own mm-hmm. and that they're not necessarily comic book movies. Well, yeah, most of these movies are just sci-fi or, or uh, action movies anyway. It's just some guy dressed up or has a particular But you couldn't power. just have a dramatic movie with action in it? A dramatic movie with action in it. Yeah, as opposed to just being um, like the Marvel movies where they lean towards action and comedy with a little mm-hmm. drama. You couldn't just have like a serious drama. Well, it's, it depends on the, the source material too, right? I mean, if you're going to have a movie about Cyborg, what's going to be about, right? Mm-hmm. Or you're going to have a movie about Wonder Woman, what's going to be about? Um, you can have a movie about Wonder Woman, is it just going to be about her sitting at home eating Cheez-Its? But at the same time, I mean, it's. I would say it has more to do with the characters and their relationship with each other. And I don't get enough of that with the Marvel movies. And I'm getting less of it with the DC films so far, with the Man of Steel films. Mm-hmm. So is there any room for improvement with these comic book adaptations where you can get stronger? Uh, I think it's not for now. I don't, I don't think they're going to be doing that because it's a waste of time or whatever. People aren't people aren't like personally invested in these characters the same way you might be with when you're reading it in a comic book. So like when you're watching uh, a Batman movie, right? Mm-hmm. You don't. I guess I would think that most people don't actually really care about the relationship between Batman and Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Because the point of watching Batman and Superman together is to watch them team up mm-hmm. um, and fight something, not to team up and talk about politics. <laughs> I guess is is what you're you're mostly looking for. 
So that's the film I'm looking for. <laughs> you're not gonna get it. I don't think. I don't think there's. I don't think anyone cares, except for like people who are actually fans of these people and and or read comic books. Like well, I'm, not, I'm going into I'm not it. Necessi- I'm. I was going into this movie thinking, okay, Batman and Superman are gonna fight the whole time. That's all I. That's all I knew or cared about. I wanted to see Batman do like interesting or smart things to subvert Superman's superpower. And fight for an hour and a half or two hours, whatever it is. I thought the whole that, I thought that was gonna be the whole movie, and I was gonna be fine with that. I didn't care about them teaming up or being nice to each other or whatever. Okay, good. So I mean, so what I. What I'm disappointing is that there's no, there isn't more depth to characters across all yeah. combo movies. Yeah. So just the and combo that's movies. Yeah, I think. And I don't think that's going to happen when you have the, the the big team up movies. When you have the single singular movies, maybe there's room to have one other superhero involved in that movie, and you can kind of have that relationship building. But in the end, when you're having these team up movies, you don't want to really necessarily be waiting through waiting through the uh, the extra um. I don't know, the extra dialogue and stuff like that. You want to see something happening with these two characters, them doing something together. So that's just all your expectations? Yeah, I think that's I think that's my expectation at this at this point, but also I mean I would like I mean, that. My, I would, like what my, were you saying? I would like that, sure. But my I feeling think... is that if it's done well with especially with this cast, mm-hmm. with Batman v Superman, uh, with Ben Affleck, with um Henry Cavill even Jeremy Irons and the rest of the supporting cast, they're, it's a great cast, but they're not giving the roles that could support a stronger dramatic film. And, and um, if they brought in better filmmakers, better writers, and better directors, then they would craft those, those scenes, dramatic scenes, with those characters strong enough that, it, that the audience would like it, they would support it, and they could... And you could sustain it over mm-hmm. a more serialized, possibly, but I don't think that's franchise. yeah. But like I was saying, I don't think that's what the market is at right now. Like people, yeah. people just want to see right now is uh, Batman and Superman fighting just each other, big action events. Yeah, just the big action events, and they don't care about Batman liking Superman because he is a nice guy or whatever, right? These are boring things to most people, and yeah. But for me, it's not necessarily like they have to get along. Because the conflict for me is mm-hmm. that they both have different ideologies of how to um, get the job done. So a lot of that conflict is a dramatic conflict. It's not just a physical conflict. Mm-hmm. Right? But yeah, I'm, I'm just saying I don't think that's yeah. where, where the, the comic book movie movement is, is at right now. You don't think DC should get... Not um, for the team-ups. Not for the team-ups. The singular movies, no. I think there's room for it. But not for the team-ups. I think because they need... Because there's very... It's, it's got to be a low risk. Mm-hmm. So, and and they know... Well, how serialized should these movies be? I mean, for Marvel, we already see that it, for the most part, the individual films are mostly standalone films. I think for Captain America, you might have some overlap with the other non, um, non-superpowered characters. Mm-hmm. But for something like Iron Man, it's mostly just Iron Man. And yeah. for Thor, it's mostly just Thor. But how serialized should DC be? Like, how connected should all the films be? Um, I think in this case, you're going to see a lot more team-ups, you know, team-up movies than otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, 
I, that's just what I feel. I don't think they're they're going to be able to establish um, the singular movies as well as Marvel has, mm-hmm. and so they're going to have to compete on a bigger scale more often. And so I think we're going to see more team ups rather than uh, singular movies. So they, you might have the origin ones like the Aquaman and Cyborg and the Wonder Woman, but after that, I think it's going to be mostly Justice League because it's going to be Justice League one, then two, then three, then four because they have enough stories for Justice League just by itself. Right, mm-hmm. and that's probably the most interesting part of DC anyway, um, than the individual characters. Because I, I, like I said, I, I don't, I, I know almost nothing about DC comics other than Batman and a little bit about Superman. Batman's by far the most interesting thing DC has. Everything else, when I've when I've heard about it or listened to it, I just forget about it. I'm like, I don't give mm-hmm. a shit. Justice League was the only interesting thing I ever watched as far as cartoons go. Like the animations, mm-hmm. so whenever uh, Justice League was on, I was like, "Okay, cool, I'll watch it." So should they adapt something like but, Justice League Unlimited, where you're following, where each movie sort of just follows one character or a group of characters, like the same way Star Trek Next Generation does? Or yeah, even I think Lost that's what it's going like to end up being. I think it's going to be like a essentially they're they're just always going to be essentially teamed up. There might be spinoffs here and there, but so it's going to be like um like a television series where you're going to have where each movie is probably like the length of three, maybe four episodes. And then after a couple movies, you have that big um, finale that pays off the arc of that whole series. Right. Probably. Yeah. I would would say that there's going to be more team ups than there are not going to be like Mm -hmm. in this case, you're going to see Batman V Superman. So basically in this one, it's not the whole justice league. It's Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it's, more people, right? Not just it's not just an Iron Man movie. It's not just a Hulk movie, right? Hulk doesn't even have his own movies. He's always in other movies, right? Um, I guess I'm getting off the point at the point there. Um, so I'm saying that you're gonna see more team ups rather than single movies. Like Batman might have his own movies, obviously because he's the most popular character. Superman, he might get a Man of Steel two, even though this was kind of Man of Steel two. He might get a Man of Steel two in the future because he's the second most popular character DC has, or maybe the first at some point. Uh, Wonder Woman, she has one. Do you think she's going to get a Wonder Woman 2? I don't think so. Other, unless it's going to be back in World War II again. But from what you're laying out, it, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any teams up, team-up movies in the near future. It's going to be standalone um yeah for the I think Wonder for Woman, the, yeah, the immediate Batman. time, it's going to be those standalones. Be standalone and then, Flash and then Justice so. League. After that, I think they're going to be doing more more team ups, more often, because they need to catch up with um, the Avengers style like big ordeals. Because already you see it with Civil War, right? Civil War is not a Captain America movie, essentially. It's a team up movie with Iron Man and Captain America and Winter Soldier and like all all the different characters are in that movie now, right? It's not just a Captain America movie like it was. The first Avenger. Yeah, to clarify, you're saying team up in the sense that you're going to have more characters yes. featured in one movie. Yeah, it's not just the a, a solo movie. It's going to be more of those superhero characters in the same movie together. Mm-hmm. It's sharing room with other. Yeah, characters. sharing room with other ones. So you're going to see, you're going to kind of get. So in Civil War, I imagine what's going to happen is it's going to be a Captain America movie, but you're also going to get like Iron Man 3.5 in there. Right, because mm-hmm. it advances his storyline just ever so slightly, so it sets it up for Iron Man Four or whatever the next Iron Man thing mm-hmm. is going to be. Right, so it's going to advance 
each one of those different little storylines a little bit as well. So all these look like big team ups or whatever, or multi character movies, even though they're, they're called Captain America Civil War, it's really Iron Man 3.5 and um, and Black Widow 1 mm-hmm. or something. I don't know, like whatever they do, right? So it's it, they're all vessels for different storylines and different things going on. And so you have to like figure it all out. <laughs> I don't know. You are aware I, I called for the same thing like eight podcasts ago or whatever it was. What? That there should be this sort of serialized um, storytelling with involving more characters together. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's odd, like it's that they're going that direction now, or not. I don't know. Whatever. They're not going to pay me to do anything, so whatever. Yeah. Well, they're going to call it like Justice League. This, I think. I think uh, once Justice League comes out. I think the future movies are going to be more like Justice League subtitle, Justice League subtitle, stuff like that. I think that's what it's going to be more like for DC. There might be this, like, I, I'm not going to say that there won't be solo movies. I'm not going to say there won't be um, spinoffs every now and then. But I think generally DC is going for team-up movie, big team-up movie, big team-up movie, team-up movie. Like, but it's mostly going to be essentially Justice League movies. Just to accelerate and catch up. Yeah. And they're gonna yeah, get everyone because, up to speed. With yeah, I like the way they're going. Um, I don't like the execution so much, but I do like the way they're going. Right, that's like, that's that's what I see. I don't I don't know if that's yeah. actually going to happen. Who knows? It might change. Because no, I mean as far as Zack Snyder is going to get like fired that, probably. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I have no idea. That's, but that's just what I what I feel like is going to happen, and what I'm gonna when I feel like I'm seeing mm-hmm. from DC anyway. But then with because uh, with Marvel, you already see that happening. That's just what I'm saying. So, I just want to see more serious movies, man. I don't want not necessarily serious, and that it has to be grim and dark in tone. It's just more sophisticated storytelling, uh-huh. characters. That's what I want. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna get that right now. I think later on, when people are like really involved in in the comic book. Um, no, I don't think I'm ever gonna see it. It's <laughs> it's it's not gonna ever happen. I'm not even getting it with Daredevil. I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it anywhere. I was disappointed so much with Gotham. Gotham to me had a lot of potential as, as an idea. I still enjoy it. It's pretty campy. There's some good parts in it. It got, yeah. it got a lot. It got a lot better in season two. Yeah, I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. They just had Mister Freeze. I'm I'm kind of spent. <laughs> they have a, they have Doctor Strange, and you know who's Doctor Strange? Yeah, I know Doctor Strange. They cast. No, no, do you know who they have as Doctor Strange? B.D. Wong, right? Yeah, B.D. Wong. From, um... Oh, he wasn't from Lost. He's from... SVU. Um, Law and Order, right? Yeah, he's from Law and Order. Yeah. I don't think he was in Lost. Yeah, he wasn't in Lost. No, he wasn't in Lost. He was also in Jurassic Park, right? Was that B.D. Wong in Jurassic Park? Maybe. I don't know. Scientist I, guy? That was before he was, he was popular. He does look like Doctor Strange. Like, just straight up from the comic uh-huh. book Doctor Strange. With the bald head and the beard and glasses, right? Yeah, well, Mr. Freeze in this is not... Schwarzenegger, he doesn't have an accent or anything. So. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I killed the dinosaurs. <laughs> the Ice Age! <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I like it so point, I like yeah, it so I don't know. I'm feeling like um, it's going to top out the way that these superhero adaptations are 
going about? I don't know, man. You just have the same sort of stories anyway, just not in the in the wrapping. That's of why they're superhero. it's it's at a point there it's it's going to run out of stuff and it's going to just repeating and it's going to start. Well, isn't that just what comic books are? They like reboot every like five years. I know and... that's what DC is doing. <laughs> they're rebooting again. Did they just do like New Fifty Two or something like that, and all of a sudden they're New just... Fifty Two came out what uh, three years ago, four years ago, and now they're ending the New Fifty Two comics. They're gonna have a month where it's gonna tie into was it DC reboot, DC revamp, or something like that? They're calling it. So they're starting over again. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing with those comics, man. It's. I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, if I was involved with comics, that would piss me off. Like, how many times you got to reboot this stuff? It'll be fun for DC just to do an entire multiverse with movies and TV. And you just have well, a that's bunch what they're of doing versions. already. Yeah. But it would be nice to see, like, three different versions of Batman across all media and three different versions of Superman and mm-hmm. whatever. Just let, um, just let these ex- very strong filmmakers... Just do their version of it. And there's going to be an animated version of all these guys, too. Yeah, just see what takes hold. Like, there's going to be this next Snyder version of uh, Batman, Superman, and you can probably have your David Fincher version of Batman. Uh-huh. And you're going to have, like, different versions and see just what takes. Just try to make a good movie, essentially, with different visions. And if it doesn't work out for them, then they can just do Crisis on Infinite Earth, <laughs> the, the movie. Uh-huh. Where you have everything coming together, and then they just kill off a bunch of versions and make one established version of what's working. That's what Crisis of Infinite Earths was back in the 80s, I think it was. Well, yeah, we'll see. The multiverse <laughs> got too big, and then, then they killed off like half of the characters and then relaunched the entire DC thing. Well, at least they have uh, contingency plans in place for all the movies. So, <laughs> yeah. we've already they've already been through it with the comic books so they yeah. they know exactly what to do with the movies there we're just go. gonna kill off the multiverse and then do infinite crisis exactly. <laughs> whatever it is i don't even know what that fuck, fucking means <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is they're gonna it's do that thing that happened <laughs> i know very like i said i know very little it's just whatever i glean off of like random things i, I read about I think the only thing you need to know is that comic books are bullshit. <laughs> That's what you need to know. <laughs> That's, yeah, I've never. Yeah. It was a mistake. Anime is a mistake, and comic books are bullshit. The only the only comic books I ever seriously read were the Ren and Stimpy comics. Yeah, there you go. And those are just. But you know what's good? Sandman's good. Neil Gaiman Sandman. That's good stuff. Yeah, if there were like self-contained graphic novels that just did not continue, it was just like that's it. Maybe I'd be interested. Like Watchmen, I guess, is like that, right? It's just one book. Nothing well, else. I think it was like 10 issues or something like that. Or 10 issues, issues, fuck that. <laughs> I just want it's one all thing. It's into one book. Watchmen was uh, like a mini series that was collected into one book. Most of it all is collected into one book. So Most of it. it. Anyway. Well, some of it just keeps going on, so it's like volume one, volume two, stuff like that. Like, um, The Long Halloween. I don't know if you're familiar with The Long Halloween. It's a Batman no. comic. I don't know anything about it. 
Yeah, it was, I think, like a 12-issue, 13-issue series. And, um, yeah, and it was collected into the Long Halloween arc, which is what it's known as now. So it's just one big book, which they call graphic novel, because that's like a publishing term, apparently, now. They're all comics. I don't know why they call it graphic novel. I guess it sounds classier, like more sophisticated. Yeah, it sounds more sophisticated. Yeah, but it's all just comic books, so it's just bullshitted. But whatever. I told you, man, comic books are bullshit. That's why I stick with movies, music, and video games. Yeah, they're all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, well, the comic book industry is trying to make movies bullshit. Yeah. They got to do it for Martha. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say that name? <laughs> you What'd you say? say <laughs> She's his mom. <laughs> They're gonna eat you a promise. Martha. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird that he says Martha, though, right? Does he call her Martha in the first movie? Um. Well, I think I don't think he would understand if. Who Martha was if, if he just said straight off the bat like you gotta what? save my mom like yeah. who the fuck's your mom <laughs> you know uh... <laughs> who why did you say that name mom <laughs> why do you know that name <laughs> I think that was the other thing like the whole mommy issue it deal with the whole entire movie was was un, was undercooked <laughs> right like Clark's issue with his mom then. Batman's issue with his mom, it's, it's sort of half-baked. Like, I, I, I would have liked to see more I didn't of even it. know that there was that. Like, well, I know they were trying to make a, make a connection to them that they have both yeah, have. Yeah, and it was sort of mom, but... not done very well, right? Because when, when he has that vision in the uh, mausoleum or whatever, it's um, that, that bad thing doesn't come out from Thomas Wayne's. It comes out from Martha Wayne's, right? And Oh, and then his dad is saying, Martha. Yeah, like, like so it's, it's playing up <laughs> like his mom or whatever, which is, you're not really sure why. Because he, in the comics, it's usually more with him and his dad. Like, it's more daddy issue stuff. Uh-huh. And even with Superman, it's... That's how, uh, that, yeah, that's how, it's, how it is with Gotham, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. That, too, was not very well established. But whatever, yeah. Dawn of Mommy Issues. Yeah. So there you go. So you really liked it. I kind of liked it. Critics not so much liked it. Uh, it's very polarizing. It seems like anyone, people are either going to hate it or they're going to sort of defend it. Isn't like the new deal, it's like a hipster sort of deal where where the mainstream people are liking Marvel stuff and then it's like a minority of people or liking DC stuff. Did you get that impression? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I can definitely see that there's that Marvel's more popularized, so people are gonna be. I feel like it's the new hipster thing to like DC stuff, and even those people had to sort of defend themselves of why they like DC yeah. stuff. I think I think generally people are in tune with Marvel, so I think uh, you know you read any sort of person's like profile or they say hey I, I love the marvel cinematic universe oh, ho, ho, ho. or they say stuff like that so it's like I they never like say they... they never say i love man of steel 
Yeah, because <laughs> that's the only that's the only movie they have in DC animated or DC universe, right? I love Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah, so, well, Green Lantern's not part of the new one, I guess. So fuck it, it should be. <laughs> May as well be. Yeah, just kill <laughs> off Ryan Reynolds, and then you can start over with fucking Guy Gardner and shit. <laughs> I really I liked Green Lantern. I hope they. I don't put expect him you to understand who Guy Gardner is. <laughs> huh? I don't expect you to understand who Guy Gardner is, but yeah. Uh... Oh, that's a that's a person. That's a Green Lantern. There's like a bunch of Green Lanterns. I know, I know, uh, Hal Jordan. Yeah, is that's that the Ryan Reynolds one, yeah. And then I know the black guy. What's the black guy? Um, it's OJ. <laughs> <laughs> George something? John Stewart. John Stewart, yes, I know him. The guy in the, in not the newest Justice League, but the ones from the 90s. Yeah. Late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, so there's John Stewart, there's um Guy Gardner, I think. I think so. I think that's his name, I forgot. Yeah. Guy there was Guy who was like the biggest asshole, no one really likes working with him. Yeah. And um Kyle, which is another Green Lantern. There's a yeah, there's a lot of Green Lanterns from Earth. But uh yeah. I don't know. I feel like people would like DC if they were uh, more more familiar with the comics outside of Batman, but they aren't. So, well, I mean, none of their heroes have ever really been all that popular, except for Batman and Superman. So, there is Wonder Woman, but I don't think a lot of people read Wonder Woman comics, or there's just not the idea. A lot of they just Woman like the idea, stuff. not the comics. Yeah. But uh, Green Lantern's interesting. I like Green Lantern. Flash From what I read, stuff. yeah, it was interesting, but I don't know. I just, whatever was animated, I Zatanna's I good stuff. Huh? Zatanna's always a fan favorite. I don't know what that is. Uh, Booster Gold, Blue Beetle are also always fan favorites. I don't know who this Constantine's always good stuff, yeah. I just saw the, uh, the one with Keanu Reeves, and that's all I know. Yeah. So, yeah. Anything else? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Should there just be a scene in, a deleted scene in Batman v Superman where Batman just goes batshit and kills like eight crickets? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, there's Do like... you bleed? <laughs> he steps on a crickets. Do you bleed? <laughs> I'll find out. <laughs> Do you bleed? What's your blood type? Please tell me. I want to know. <laughs> You want to do a blood transfusion? <laughs> I have kidney problems. <laughs> um, I do... Well, oh, shoot. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, there was that... There's that, like, that three-hour version coming out, right? Mm-hmm. The rated R version. Do you think you're going to watch that? Gonna... I'll probably just buy that special edition. I don't know. Hopefully, it's more coherent. I know they cut out a bunch of stuff. Um, I, I read it's supposed to be like a soft R just because it's a little more violence. So it had to, it just deemed, they deemed it rated R because there's a little more violent stuff in it. Like, okay, we'll say it's PG-13, but it's really kind of like a soft R. And then this time around, well, that's what Zack Snyder was saying. Please give us an R so we can market it as such. (laughs) That's what Zack Snyder was saying. He said it was unfortunate that 
that news came out right after Deadpool because he wasn't expecting it. But when they were cutting the movie for um, their MPA rating, it came out to be an R. So to meet the studio uh, PG-13 rating, he cut a bunch of stuff out to make it less violent and um, to make it a PG-13 rating. And then now they told him, oh, yeah, well, you could just put all the stuff you cut out for the unrated um, the unrated DVD one. And that's what they announced, and that came after Deadpool. So it seems like it was a response to Deadpool. I don't know. I think they would have done the same thing anyway, just because you had the... Um, the well, not theatrically, though. They're going to release it theatrically only because of Deadpool. Oh, would they release it theatrically? I didn't hear anything about that. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a a low run though. It's not a not a huge release. Let me look makes it up. sense. Yeah. I probably won't see. I mean, it I, I mean, I don't I don't doubt that there was whatever unrated version existing beforehand, but I believe that they're releasing it as a theatrical version with rated R because of Deadpool. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about a theatrical release for it, so that's news to me. Rated R. There we go. Let me see. Yeah, I believe you. You don't. Need to... <laughs> But, it's um, supposed to no. come out like July something. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, there's a bunch of movies that probably don't need to be rated R. Like, I don't really need to see an R-rated Superman movie. You know? Fuck it, everything should be rated R, man. But there's nothing warranted in Superman that should be I want be him to R. rip apart some fucking guy's like, <laughs> guts or whatever. I guess if it was a violent, violence type of deal, then sure. Then, yeah. It was funny because in that scene where Superman got into the tub with Lois Lane, and oh. she said, "Oh, you're going to flood the place." In my mind, just graphically, I I thought that um, Superman's re- re- Clark's response to that is like, "I'm going to flood you" because <laughs> they're about to like have sex. They, they have a they have a they have a full hardcore sex scene in the radar version. Exactly there. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to see. And rapes of criminals. <laughs> I want sex in my goddamn comic book movies. Batman anal rapes one guy violently <laughs> <laughs> interrogating him. No. <laughs> Instead of branding him, that's what he should have done. No, he doesn't He doesn't anally rape him. He just uses a dildo. <laughs> a bat-shaped dildo. <laughs> <laughs> Jagged edges. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, I guess uh, when he got in the bathtub, that disturbed me because he got his shoes all wet. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about. I was like, he got his shoes all wet. Does he have a wallet or a cell phone? Like, he just ruined that stuff. I don't know how many bathtubs in Metropolis have that type of, like, isolated tub. Isn't it usually, like, connected to the wall or whatever? I don't know. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> the water comes from beneath. <laughs> <laughs> um... Another thing too is like so that that implied that they had sex there, right? Yeah. So, does Superman have a normal penis? (laughs) I would hope so. Did they ever did they ever explain that? I don't know. Well, he's supposed to be genetically perfect, right? Because that's so Krypton's sort of deal. I don't know. I guess so. Sort of bred to be. Yeah. But um. I don't think he'd have like a small penis. Wouldn't that be kind of sad if he had like a small penis? <laughs> he has a micro penis. Yeah, and he just shoots really I'm hard. Superman. So, he's got like, <laughs> he shoots he's got really hard, so that's why that's why she feels it. Yeah, <laughs> it's got like giant testicles, but a small penis. <laughs> <laughs> no, the testicles are the penis. 
<laughs> Why is it, it triangle? It just secretes. <laughs> it just secretes through the skin. Yeah. That'd be weird. <laughs> That'd be fucking weird. <laughs> oh my god! Why are we talking about this? <laughs> no, like like his sperm uh, couldn't be even be contained with a condom. It just burst through. <laughs> like... Wouldn't she die? <laughs> Why does that's it... the scene from Hancock, right? Why hasn't she ever died? Smith? Uh, no, I never saw it. Yeah, there was an um, outtake where he had sex with a woman, and then he had to push her off before um, he ejaculated, because it just shot through the roof <laughs> after he uh, pushed her <laughs> off <laughs> and blew a hole into his trailer or whatever. Oh, man, I, don't know. I, I guess that's how it is with Superman. Right? That's funny. Yeah. So it's like then you got to wonder how many people has he killed before doing that? Because <laughs> he because he totally knows, wrecked right? on a lane. Yeah, that's why you don't hear from her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, Lana. Are you alive? Oh, she's dead. <laughs> his pre cum, his pre cum, got her pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> when they say pull out. <laughs> They really mean pull out for Superman. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to be creating life. You're going to be destroying it if you don't. <laughs> he gave a person a facial from three miles away. <laughs> <laughs> he gave someone a facial in the past. <laughs> it goes it goes fast, faster, faster, faster. It went so fast to travel around the world and impregnated. Lois Lane on, teenager. Splats on Wonder Woman's face in 1918. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> that that's a movie I would watch. <laughs> I'm sure that there'll be some sort of porn version. Yeah. Justice sure League porn version. But it has version. to be that type of story where it's like it's it's this kid who's like a teenager, <laughs> and he meets Superman, and apparently. Their father and son, and when they find out how um, he was born, it was Superman's sperm that traveled into the past and impregnated someone. Oh. Yeah, that's the story. That's that's the story it should be. That's the porn version of um, Superman, of Man of Steel. It should be. Man of cum. <laughs> <laughs> Man of semen. <laughs> Man of steelman. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. All right. Well, it's good for a review. It ends, <laughs> with a, ends with a porn version that's going to come out pretty soon. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> right. Oh, wait. Yeah, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. See you guys later. <laughs>